Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, mouth. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. Welcome in the Ale Houses. Well, they're getting ready for a rocking New Year's Eve. It's the Eve of the Eve. So we would love to see you on the 30th day of December before we get to 2023. XL Primetime hanging out here. We're in the patio area of the Southside Ale House, which is Tinseltown. And I think we need to, you know, all the people that live here know exactly what we're talking about, okay? But I think we need to tell everybody else that is rolling in by the tens of thousands. Uh, you Gamecock fans, you Fightin' Irish fans. If you want to come by the Ale House and have a cold Bud Light before you head on to your tailgate, uh, this would be the place to be. It's real easy to find. Just punch in Southside Ale House, and they've got uh, Big Surge. You were here earlier. They got the jukebox cranking. They do. Uh, they are ready to rock and roll today as we get ready for uh, the, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl later on today. Well, listen, sitting right across from us before, before we yeah. came on the show with some Gamecocks fans getting ready for the tailgate. Die got a little hard. food, a couple of brewskis headed down to the stadium right now. They had their youngins with I, them. Yeah, their youngins with yeah. them. Yeah. You got you to gotta, you gotta raise them young. And I just told them, I just told them two, two things. Yeah. Just beat Notre Dame. Exactly. That's, That's all you want. Okay. Leon had a great, uh, a great line yesterday. And obviously on Thursdays, we're only with you for two hours. Um, we're going to need to get into the, the hatred power rankings because. Oh, the hierarchy of hate. Yes. We need to get into yes. the hierarchy of hate because I've been seeing a lot of uh, not Catholics versus convict shirts floating around the Internet and around Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Catholics versus Cox. Oh, really? So we need to unpack the, uh, the the hierarchy of hate and, of course, uh, what the Gamecocks, what a win today would mean for Shane Beamer in that program, not just wow. in the context of the 2022 season, Leon. I was talking what? with some buddies last night. The fact of the matter is Spencer Rattler was a Heisman front runner one year ago, mm-hmm. and obviously he was dethroned by Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. If he goes out there and he balls today, and we, we heard Corey yesterday on the program – you know, a former Gamecock great himself saying that once they simplify that offense for Spencer, if we start seeing the Spencer Rattler we saw against Tennessee today, what does that say about the Heisman race and beyond in 2023? Oh, he's going to be one of the front runners. Uh, he's going to be one of the front runners. And the guy that I saw last night play against Oklahoma yeah. should definitely be one. Uh, yep. Jordan, yes, Tra- Jordan Travis yes, is absolutely going to be one. But who's had bigger wins down the stretch towards the end of the season in South Carolina? I mean, they put a 60-bird on Tennessee. Uh, all those games, it's been Rassler. He threw, what, seven touchdowns in that game? I, I think the thing that just shocked the hell out of me is that it just it, it wasn't even a bad Tennessee team. They still had everything to play for. This was before their guy, Hendon Hooker, got hurt. And, and you're right, Spencer Rattler, all of a sudden, he all of a sudden he had those rattles working, and he was throwing it all over the, all well, over the line. T- well, just think about this, Joe. Tennessee was in a position where even though they had lost to Alabama, yeah. they had to lost Georgia. to Georgia in mm-hmm. that game, mm-hmm. if they had just stayed – relevant and not lost down the stretch, more than likely they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, even if they were ugly wins. Yeah. The fact that they they did lose to Georgia badly, but they they could have been 
sitting right at four and probably would have never moved if well, they had never lost. They would have been in over Ohio State. Well, let's yeah. just say let's just say it's a one-loss SEC team that yeah. didn't play in the championship game. It could have been TCU. It could have been Ohio State. It could have been either one of them that might have gotten bumped out uh, for the second SEC team. Not quite sure that that would have happened, but but yeah, they had so much to play for. And look, I am. I'm so lukewarm on Spencer Rattler, but but you are right that they got hot at the right time, and maybe he does turn a corner. Uh, I, I just looked at him, and, and I was just underwhelmed for, for far too many games, including uh, the game against the Gators, believe it or not. And, and yet the Gators, as bad as that defense was, paddled that Gamecock butt pretty good, and then they go out there and just wallop Tennessee and, and beat up their arch rival Clemson, who they had not beaten in a long, long time. So yeah, yeah, you're right. He he might be he might be a guy that would be fun to watch next year. All right, you mentioned Jordan Travis. Before we get into the Jags, before we get into the Titans, let's at least hit the Knolls here real quick. That one was also a scary game. Brett Venables is trying like heck to make sure that he ends this season, his first year at Oklahoma as the head coach, with something good to talk about. They were a 10-point dog in that game, and it came down to the final few seconds uh, for FSU to, pick, to, to finally pull off the win. My question begins and ends with Brett Venables, defensive coordinator, both at Oklahoma and at Clemson before he became the head coach of the Sooners. Uh, Leon, Jordan Travis alone, 468 yards of total offense. I understand it's the Big 12. You want to talk about how they don't play defense. But that's what struck me the most. I mean, I knew Florida State's offense was a juggernaut throughout the course of the last six, seven weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. And if if that's only because they're playing ACC talent, sure, whatever, you can say what you want to say. But for Oklahoma, with this defensive wizard, to be giving up that many yards – I mean, it was a fun game. I think it was the game well, of the day, but that was surprising to me. Well, hey, well, that's that's an indictment on that defense, and he's a defensive-minded coach, which is surprising. But believe it or not, Florida State has been doing that to a lot of teams, especially yep. Jordan Travis. I listen, I listen. You know I went to University of Miami, but I got to give props due where they're due. Florida State is a team that legitimately going into next year's season will probably be top ten. Yep. There will yep. be a top ten team. You are saying With something Jordan there. Travis at the helm. And Johnny Wilson at the court at the wide receiver position. Yeah. He had over 200 yards. And Benson in that game. coming back. And yeah. Benson coming back. What they're running game. And Jared Verse. Yes. And Jaheim Bell, who are Gamecock mm-hmm. friends who just left the Yale House here on Southside Boulevard, mm-hmm. informed us, of course, is transferring from South Carolina to Florida yeah, State. Yeah, the tight end. Yeah. The tight end. Mm-hmm. But here's my question, Leon, about Johnny Wilson. Does he leave? Does he go to the NFL after a 200-plus yard performance last night? Does he say, hey, my stock's never going to be higher? Well, We're seeing Jalen Hyatt do that from Tennessee. No one knew who Jalen Hyatt was a year ago outside of Knoxville. Now he's going to cash in in the NFL draft. Does Johnny Wilson do that? Well, see, that's the best thing about playing in the bowl games. Yep. A lot of guys don't want to so. play in the bowl games because they're trying to get ready for the draft. But when you two put up 200 yards in a game against a formidable well, – I'm not going to say a formidable defense, but against a, in the bowl game – the, the whispers, the whispers in your ear come, uh, Joe. Yeah, the agent yeah, whispers yeah, in your ear. Yeah. You, the, the mock draft, you get, yeah. you, you see where you fit in the mock draft. And right. listen, he made some money last night. Okay, with that one-handed catch towards, yeah. oh my God, come on, bro. And he and, caught it with the left, tucked it in with the right, and yeah. made the catch on it. I mean, come on now. And by the way, just talking about him and then watching what happens with the TCU wide receiver, another big guy that's quick, yep. that can he's rated as the highest wide receiver, I'm pretty sure the highest wide receiver out there. And so those types of moments, you are correct. There will be people around him, quote, managers, uh, any uh, guidance counselors are going to say, hey, you need to think twice about coming I back. I say he goes. You yeah. do think he's going to go. Yeah. I, I think he will go. Uh, coming uh, off that kind of performance. Yeah. 
I think if he comes back, it's a coup. It's a coup for Florida State. Oh, because, yeah, absolutely. Because then consider who you got coming back. I mean, you essentially have the entire roster coming well, back for, yeah. for, for all intents and purposes in terms of contributors on the offensive side of the ball. You lose Jared Verse on defense. I understand that. But even he has a decision to make. Yeah. I it, mean, it, he's I projected mean, to be a day one or a day two pick. Right. Mm -hmm. But we saw Jermaine Johnson be a first-round pick. He fell to the end of the first round last year to the New York football Jets. And he didn't have – I guess he did have the COVID year that he could have taken advantage of that. Yeah, but he came back well, and, and was able to, you know, at least well, still be drafted high. Well, this is where, where guys like uh, Jared Verse and uh, Johnny Wilson – I mean, this is where NIL comes into play as far as keeping these guys around. Yeah. If you want to keep them guys, you're, you're actually helping them out. Yep. Because they're, they're probably thinking right now there's no other time my stock is going to be higher. Right. But that could be wrong. That could be wrong because some players get misguided on where they're going, don't go where and they go. You bring them back for another year. You give them a little NIL money, keep them happy. Right. Florida State goes on, top ten team, gets national exposure. You light up again. Now we're talking top ten. Yeah. Now we're talking top ten. Uh, it does. It does. It but see, it's so many months yeah. in between. Right. It's, that's the key. It's so many months in between January to when you play again, and that's the time where the agents and everybody is in your ear, oh, yeah. telling you how yeah. great you are, how much money you're going to make. So that's yeah. what you. That's the. That's the. That's the limit. The dilemma you have to do. You know who we knock a lot on this program, at least this year, and and understandably at times. Josh Allen had a decision to make. Our Josh mm -hmm. Allen here in Jacksonville. He had mm -hmm. a decision to make after his junior year. He was projected to be a day two, day three pick mm -hmm. at the University of Kentucky. They already knew Benny Snell was coming back. They knew a bunch of their other guys were coming back. Josh's then girlfriend, though, was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people yeah. looked at him and said, you got to go chase a bag. you got to provide for your family. And he bet on himself. And he said, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be the best defensive player in the country. And what did he do? It was a gamble, to right. be sure. And, and but he went out and he won the well, Nagurski Award. And here's another thing. And was, I, a, and was the number seven overall pick. Here's another thing that people don't want to actually hear sometimes, but I'm going to say it. The college ain't going nowhere. Right. It's not It's not going anywhere. I don't know how many credits you may be away, but more than likely they're going to make you an honorary whatever to come back and get your degree, and they're going to do you special and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I know I'm a product I'm a product of it, all yeah, right? Yeah. I'm ashamed to say that I left school with only two classes to graduate, <laughs> and I came back in 2003 and got my degree. Yeah. Heck yeah. 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 I mean, it's awesome that you that you actually did it because most will just sit there and figure out more, another reason, another reason not to do it. But, but there, look, there are more opportunities for them to stick around because of the money, but a half million dollars at a minimum if you make a roster mm -hmm. and it's one year of service that you already have. And I don't know how many of them is Johnny Wilson going to get a half? Is, is Jerry going to get a half? You know, all these guys. That makes it tough for both sides to make a decision, the collective on where they're going to put their money and obviously the player himself. All right, now you got FSU. You can definitely chime in on that, 641-1010. You can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures. I definitely want to dig in to the college football playoff today. Do you smell an upset? If so, where, where, where? Is it TCU over Michigan? They're a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Is it Ohio State, a touchdown dog? to the Bulldogs. I talked to my Duval dogs yesterday, and they're all fired up probably right now on a, on a jet plane up to Atlanta, and they are getting ready for what they think will be another win, another step to the college football championship game, and maybe the first to, to defend their title in a while in the college football playoff. If you think about it, it doesn't happen very often, and Georgia probably – is Georgia as suited to repeat as a national champion, given who they've got in the, in the Final Four – as any team we've seen here here uh, in recent memory, Leon? 
Um, you know what? The challenge for Georgia to repeat is probably even harder than the Alabama and the USC, only because of this, because there's so many things to factor in now to why teams leave. I mean, right. players leave. You got the NIL. You got Georgia with a you know with a um, with a, a, a caravan of guys who went to the NFL, mm-hmm. and those guys behind them, those guys behind them, Kirby Smart and his coaching staff had to do a hell of a job to make sure those guys that stepped in right. did it, that they didn't miss a beat. You got the Georgia lost how many guys to the draft last year? Oh, dude, fifteen. They, yeah, yep. it was fifteen it was. guys to the draft. So and, and out of those fifteen, what nine or ten of them were starters? Mm-hmm. All right. And most of them were on defense. And there were uh, five first-rounders, is five that right? Five first-rounders, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because they set so, the new mark. So the fact that he was able to develop those guys, inspire them guys, get those guys motivated that it's your time at the spotlight, it's your time to dance, are you going to be a backup singer or are you going to be lead? Mm-hmm. And those guys stepped in, and Georgia's defense well, somehow, I don't think they're as good as last year, but it's pretty damn close. Now, I just want to give you, we'll just start out with, uh, you know, I'm going to try and throw as many either funky facts or saucy nugs, and, and maybe in honor of the alehouse, this should be a saucy zinger. Uh, but, J.J., let's just give him a little saucy nug right now. Saucy nugs. Because if you think about it, it is so dang hard to repeat. Now, think about this. The college football playoff era has been around since 2014. There have been six national champions that have come back and made it into the college football playoff. They haven't had a winner repeat since Alabama, okay? And Alabama did that all the way back in 2011 and 12. So if you go into the college football playoff era, there's not been a repeat champion, yet a half dozen. And if, you're, if we're basically going back to the mid-'90s, and you know this, Leon, because you, you were looking, you know, you, you had your career in the late 80s, you came into the National Football League, but we're talking four decades, 90s, O's, 10s, and now into the 20s, we've only had three back-to-back repeat champions over the yeah. course of time when you think about that. that it's, it's been a minute, okay? The last one was Alabama in 11 and 12. You go back to SC in the O's. You go back oh, to correct. Nebraska in the mid-90s, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is it. So I just I don't know whether Georgia is suited, poised, primed, if someone's going to pick them off. If anybody has the Alabama model – it's Kirby Smart. Oh, yeah. If anybody has inherited it, it's him. And we were talking about this, I believe, on the program either last Whoa. week or the week before. We were talking about repeat champions, not just in college football, but across the sports landscape mm-hmm. in the 21st century. The only sport that we've really seen outside of the NBA, where obviously you've seen the Warriors and the Cavs go back and <clears> forth. That's great. The only sport that you really have seen consistency, and I'm sorry to my Tampa Bay Lightning fans. I yeah. apologize. But the only sport where you have seen a team – repeat, be a dynasty, win three of four, is Alabama in college football. Mm-hmm. And that is the scary part is that yeah. Georgia is Alabama 2.0. Yeah, and even though we haven't had the repeat champions since the college football playoff, we should point out Alabama winner well, 15, winner 17, well, me, winner 20. Well, me, we said that, that, that Kirby Smart didn't inherit that it was copyright infringement. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Because yeah. he absolutely, he came in in the middle of the night, he dropped out of the ceiling, and no stole the blueprints. no one thought he was going to do it. Yeah. No, no one, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, when he took over the helm, 2016, correct, in Georgia? Yeah, did that any, sounds right, yeah. Did anyone yeah. think it was going to become this? Well, I yeah, um, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that. I, I, I felt like as soon as Kirby Smart was hired by Georgia, that he was A, coming back to his alma mater so he was motivated dedicated and 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 all that okay 
and he had what Leon talks about. He had everything that Nick knew, and he helped Alabama get to where they were. And so if you're predicting success, a 40-year gap between titles, he was his best suited to do yeah. it, you know. Well, I mean, well, think about who Georgia let loose to hire Kirby Smart. Mark Rickson only went one – he won you 10 games. He won three out uh, of every four games. Exactly. I mean, that just wasn't good enough for Georgia anymore. Any other place, any other place, they'll take 10 winning seasons all yeah. year long. Yeah. But in Georgia, they're just getting – they got sick and tired of being the step the stepbrother to yeah. the big brother. Yeah. And they wanted to start winning But it was titles. all their neighbors, okay? You yeah. look to the north, Clemson's Clemson. winning. Yep. Look to the west, Alabama's winning. Look to the south, Florida was winning. Let's make this the 10-10 take right now because this is a good question about – Mark Rick had a 750 win percentage, mm-hmm. and yet they had to run him out because he couldn't beat the rivals very close to him. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. You can find Sonny's all over the First Coast. They definitely will take care of you, especially when you're planning on tailgating. You're going to get ready for that big old tailgate next week at the bank. But to Leon's point, think about this. Mark Rick finally got pushed out because he couldn't beat Florida, couldn't beat you know the, the, the big boys, even though he had a 750 win percentage. Well, they bring in Kirby Smart. He's proven in this amount of time, like we're talking about, that he's played in national championships, he's played in college football playoffs, and finally he's won a college national championship, ending that four-decade-long drought. Ryan Day is now beginning to feel the same type of pressure that you're talking about. Ryan Day has lost in his entire time coaching at Ohio State as the head coach five times. Five times. That is it. And if you think about that, you're going, wait a minute, how in the world can this guy feel the pressure? Well, I told you the other day, Leon, Maurice Claret basically came out and said, you better have this team ready to play against the Georgia Bulldogs. You can't just make it to the college football playoff and not win. He will feel some pressure. So that is the 10-10 take. Five losses, Leon, and And, they're already wondering whether he's the right guy. And you know what? Usually the pressure comes from a former player who's got one. Yeah. And he's got one. Uh, and he, he's probably not the only one talking. <laughs> yeah. He's probably not the only one. Because initially that's where the pressure comes from. Because you look at all the talent on the team at Ohio State. You look at all the quarterbacks that's come through there. Look at all the guys who get drafted in the first round. But most of those guys that go to the pros ain't got no rings. Yeah. You're thinking with all the talent at Ohio State over the last, what, half a decade where Ryan Day has been there. He's been there how many years now? Yeah, we're Since talking 16. Yeah. 2018. So we're talking about what? As a head coach. About five years. Mm-hmm. He had none, all, his, all his classes, with all, as talented as, as yeah. they've been, have not won a natty. Right. First round picks, All-Americans, um, Heisman oh, Trophy just... candidates, um, uh, been uh, 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 all kind of different awards. Yeah. But none of them got the natty. Just gobs and gobs of great talent that have. And Kirby was in that same position too. Yeah, yeah. Before he won the national championship, right? He would have a he would have a slew of guys going to the NFL, a slew of guys being the rewards, but he have a slew of guys that never won the natty. Right. And heck, last year when they lost the SEC championship game, yeah. people were wondering the same thing: whether he's going to get it done. We all know that he comes back uh, a month later and ends up beating his. He's the first assistant. Uh, to win over Nick. Now, obviously, Jimbo had beaten him, but we're talking to win a championship uh, over over Nick Saban. So, yeah, he if he gets it rolling and keeps rolling and wins back-to-back national championships, there will be that chatter about he's the next king of college football. To take a line from our good friend James Coleman, the standard is the standard. That, mm-hmm. That's how I look at all of this. When we look at Mark Richt, mm-hmm. we look at the fact that this was a 10-win Georgia program 
and they made the decision that that wasn't good enough. Heck, when you look at, I know we're going to transition to this later in the show, when you look at the Tennessee Titans saying what Mike Rabel has done is not good enough, that is where we are in college football. You look and you see what Kirby Smart is doing, and you are forcing teams across the nation to have to look themselves in the mirror and say, is eight, nine wins good enough? Yeah. That's impressive because even with Alabama's dominance in the 2010s, you did not see programs doing what they are doing now, firing coaches that in any other era, getting to a bowl game X amount of years in a row and mm-hmm. being eight and four was good enough. Yeah, you've That's, got, in my opinion, like that—that that is where Kirby took what Nick did and has taken it to a different level. Uh, well, he's he's got he's got every everything covered. He knows how to recruit. Well, <laughs> he knows how to inspire. He knows how to coach. And he knows how to game plan. Well, see, that's that's the reason why I initially didn't like the twelve team playoff, because you know, being a guy that won national championships, I know the work that's involved to get you, like you said, the standard is the standard. Mm-hmm. I was there when the standard was the standard. And not everybody should have that opportunity to compete because not everybody worked like we worked. Right. So you shouldn't you shouldn't make the uh, the amusement park for everybody to get in. Uh-huh. You know, I saw that. I, I, Everyone I, gets a fast pass. I, you know, I don't, everybody gets a fast <laughs> pass. Because if, if you don't like the teams that always win the championship, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Cliff, if you don't like it, yeah. then do something about it. Recruit better. NIL money better. Whatever you need to do. But I don't have a problem with the Goliaths being at the top and everybody else looking up because yeah. I, I I was one of the Goliaths at one time. Mm-hmm. I understand the work and the effort that was put in for us to be the standard at that particular yeah. time. And I don't think that those guys should have to lower their bar so everybody else can enjoy the ride. Yeah, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying, <laughs> but I, I like the fact that it, it just it seemed like we reached not only a point of, say, a dozen teams that were capable of winning it all, it, w- it shrunk down to four teams that were capable of winning it all. And that's just the way it felt because mm. once – I've always maintained that in college football, this is up until the name, image, and likeness came in, but job security in college football is greater than any other sport out there as long as you win and recruit well, okay? What's going to get you now, fired? Now, yeah. when I was playing. Yeah, but what's going to get you fired? Huh? Most, of the, most of the time, what's going to hey, get you fired is – Yo, every, every day my scholarship was on the line, bro. Yeah. Even as a starter, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know I'm what talking about the coast. I don't know, the I don't coast know about this. Put, it, put you I, on the hey, line. Listen, I don't, I don't understand these, uh, these daycares that a lot of these players are under yeah. right now, but that was not my life. Right. My life, every day I had to compete for my scholarship, and so, even when I was a starter. And so as long as Jimmy made you feel that way, exactly. he never had to worry about keeping his job. And, yeah. and the other beautiful thing is that you could go out, and let's just talk Kirby and Nick right now, because they're the two at the top. They go out and basically recruit every single year five to eight first-round picks. True. Think true. about that. And so you but c- I, I bet you there's no job security either. I bet, I, you can say what you want to say, I, and we don't know that yeah. we're not in, we're not in the intricacies right. of the of the program. But I guarantee you that Alabama and Georgia, and, and big places like that, there's no safety net as far as your job goes. Yeah. I, 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 I sure. do agree with you when I'm it comes sure to the player. When it comes yes. to the player, but but this exhibit, is what, exhibit A, yeah. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah, and and but this is why this is why Nick is you you can't even like like Bill Belichick is being talked about right now. Is he going to stick around? Do they need to make a change? This is the discussion that they're having up there. Why, with, with is, the, why are with, Dumb and Dumber yeah. being the offensive coordinators? Yeah, Where is yeah. Bill O'Brien? Well, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's what they're talking about. Okay, we're talking about the goat of goats right now, and he's even being threatened a little bit. But my only point is that in college football, if the coach gets it rolling, and meaning he can recruit every single year mm-hmm. a handful of first-rounders, he'll never get fired as long as they keep winning that big game. But it's back to your point, the big game. 
what, what is the big game? Well, Nick's finding out. He's not even at the party right now. He's got to come back and win the big game. We almost were at a point where we didn't have Alabama and Ohio State in the playoff, and Clemson, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. in the existence of the college football playoff. Yeah. We were very much on the brink of that. Well, you figure it was Alabama and Clemson that had it rolling there for a while, and, and, and at least every college football playoff included one of those two, and now both of them are out, but Ohio State is in, and they're one of the ones who's you know, kind of – we're talking blue bloods. We're talking the big boys. But now the question is, is can a team win back-to-back national championship, and is it going to be uh, a Georgia win, a coast over Ohio State, getting to the college football playoff championship? So let me ask you a question. If Ryan Day gets blown out in this game, is he on the hot seat? I feel like if he they is. lose by if, if they if, if Georgia beats them forty two to ten, is he on the hot seat? I feel like he is. Fair, unfair. I just feel like he is because of what we said. You can go down that list of first round picks that that uh, Buckeye Nation mm-hmm. has pushed out. Oh my gosh! I mean, it, it, it's been running for a while. It was it was running under. So Herb. you're trying to tell me they're going to push out a guy who's only lost five games? Hot seat. In five years. Hot seat is all I'm saying. Hot Stand- seat. Well, standard, <laughs> standard is the standard, and yeah. I agree with you, Joe. Yeah. But I have one caveat yeah. to that. Who's the other big dog in the Big Ten right now? Yeah, Michigan. In Michigan. Michigan, which. But Jim Harbaugh was on the hot seat until he made the playoff last year, mm. to which, yep, you're, you're making the hand gestures, yep, and yeah. I am agreeing. Uh, that's what she said. Um, mm. If Jim Harbaugh leaves, if he goes back to the NFL, that is where the Ryan Day conversation and the hot seat, that's where it simmers. And it won't be as hot well, if Jim Harbaugh leaves. The, the, yeah, because the other thing I was going to add. Then, because then you are the big dog. Right. You, like, they, mm-hmm. they still think they're the big dog. I'm sure we have plenty of Buckeyes listening, and they, they yeah. think they are the big dog, and that's great. If Jim Harbaugh leaves, then I don't think Ryan Day's seat is as hot right. as it will be if Harbaugh returns. Yeah, the so only let me ask you this question. Yeah. What if Jim Harbaugh leaves with the natty? How does how his seat look then? Then they will, not be, they will not be happy with him. And here's the other part of this. Jim but Harbaugh. Do they, do they write it off, though, as, well, it was Harbaugh. But it was Jim, all Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's gotten over on him twice now. True. Okay, so we're talking about making it to the playoff and maybe getting, getting pants like mm-hmm. you're talking about and getting beat by your arch rival, which wasn't happening for, what, the first six seasons, six or seven seasons with Harbaugh up there. Now it is happening two years running. All right, so we'll keep it rolling. We'd love to see you all. Come on by Southside Ale House. you got cold Bud Lights, buckets of them, in fact, waiting for you. You've got all these bowl games. Ryan has made sure that the bowl games are up. you got cold beer, everything happening here at the Southside Ale House. It is XL Primetime. Matt Hayes on vacation from XL Primetime, so we're missing him, but you got Joe C., Big Sir, Mia, hanging out. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. We already had one long shot win it all in 2022. Could another long shot by the name of the Jacksonville Jaguars prove the world wrong and go from worst to first? That is the question that will hover around Duval County 
and of course the rest of the National Football League over the next week plus. This is a Friday edition of XL Primetime coming at you live from the Yale House on Southside Boulevard. Stop on by, say hi. We are hanging out on the patio. They've got all the TVs cranking with all the bowl games. The pride of Blackshear, Stetson Bennett, gracing uh, many a TV in front of me right now, Joe C. and Leon. Uh, we will dive into that matchup once more coming up a little bit later on XL Primetime, but we do want to pivot to those hometown Big Cats who do host the Houston Texans before we can start talking about the Tennessee Titans Week 18, a winner-take-all scenario for the AFC South crown. No, we do not have any more information at this time whether or not the game will be flexed. I am here at conflicting reports. I've seen various things that would suggest it will be Sunday night football. We were just talking about it off the air. We have nothing confirmed as of this could, writing. Could it be Saturday night football? Yes. It could be. It could oh. be. Yeah, it could be. We're all talking right. Saturday and Sunday night. Sunday night, all right. And so the, the possibilities. It should be prime time either way. Yeah, I think the possibilities, just because you have two, uh, just increased uh, a, a, you know, a big amount. I do want to get a little inside baseball. I want to mm-hmm. take our, our take our nooners behind the curtain. I can give you some insight from uh, my fellow Bombers uh, of Ithaca College, a uh, pride, um, who work at NBC, work at CBS, work for Amazon. From what I've been told, as well as some other folks from around here in Duval who have connections at ESPN, here is the pecking order. Sunday Night Football gets first pick. So... If they want the Jags and the Titans, they can get right. Jags and the Titans. Right. So let, let's put that out there in the open. If Sunday Night Football passes on the Jags and the Titans Week 18, which honestly I know there's some folks out there who are wondering why we're even talking about this because, of course, there's a game still to be played this Sunday, and we will dive into that. But if Sunday Night Football says no to Jags-Titans, CBS gets the next pick. CBS would have a 1 o'clock or a 4 o'clock window. Presumably, though, it would be the A-team. I can tell you from my conversations with the A-team at CBS, they want to cover Trevor again. So that would be Nance, Romo, and Wolfson. That would presumably be a 4 o'clock game. If they say no, then it would go to Fox, and then it would go to ESPN, and that is where the possibility of Saturday games comes into play. So it would have to get all the way to number 4 for that Saturday night game. And, mm. and you're looking at playoff scenarios in these other divisions, and that's basically what it comes down to. And, and, you know, if nothing else, if nothing else, the Titans' performance last night, even though it was a 14-point loss, that was one of the, you know, Mike Vrabel said, bloody your knuckles uh, for 60 minutes and do whatever you can to make things interesting. They almost made Dak yak again last night. Okay, Dak, Dak threw, uh, I think, just some terrible, terrible picks. Uh, Josh Josh Dobbs had one pick. Dak had two. Dak now, you know the guy that just got run out of uh, Vegas. Uh, his name's Derek Carr. Derek Remember Carr, him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dak just matched him with interceptions yeah. last night. And 14, has played less games. Fourteen picks and has what is it? Six straight games with a pick. So the fact that the Titans actually kind of at least swung a few and landed a few last night may make it uh, an attractive game. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be concerning to the Cowboys that Dak is having all these issues with only a couple of games left until they actually play uh, in the playoffs. But I saw the Titans game. I know they they put up a good fight, but – they're bad, bro. They're a bad team, bro. I'm with you, but – They they can't run the ball. Bunch of penalties. Dodd is, you know – most of his stuff is off of play action anyway. Right. No, no separation from their receivers. The defense gives up a nice little fight, you know, yeah. with the run game and the pass game. But, but overall, they had ten penalties. Yeah, they had 124 yeah. yards of penalties. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And then if Derrick Henry is healthy too, this is another part of the equation yeah. as far as going against. Well, they resting them for us. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And that was going to be my question. Yeah. Not only did Derrick Henry not play in this game, but Tony Pollard did not play in this game for mm-hmm. Dallas. And so my question to both of you is. 
which of those two running backs is more important to their team's success? I, I understand the obvious answer is Henry given yeah, the injuries, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, if, if Tennessee was healthy, who is more important? Because some would suggest that Tony Pollard has been running back one over Zeke Elliott, and his presence has elevated Dak's game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pollard is absolutely. I would take Pollard. He's more, he's explosive not only in the run, but in the pass, too. I mean, some of those, a lot of those wheel routes, a lot of those swing routes, that he, he catches the ball and takes like 20 or 30 yards. I mean, yeah, and he's got more explosion. I mean, Dak has got the, still got the move. He's got the, he's got the little wiggle in him. But Pollard is, I mean. Yeah, it's kind of. Kind of scary. Uh, Zeke last night, 19 totes, 37 yards. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He, well, less he than two yards to carry. Huh? 1.9. Wow. 1.9. Hassan Haskins, as much as we want to bash that run game for Tennessee, which I yeah. think a lot of that can be contributed to an offensive line that literally was signed off the street. Yeah. The Dennis Daly bit is one of my favorites in the National Football League right now. I mean, the man is literally a traffic cone, with all due respect, respectfully. Um, Hassan Haskins, 12 carries for 40 yards. So that's still a better average. And more total yards than yeah. Zeke Elliott, who and, and is supposed to be this all-pro, all-world player. Well, it's weird that Zeke has been on this touchdown roll. Okay, he's been scoring a bunch. I think he might and have he passed. he did score last night. Yeah, he did score last night. But, again, just uh, 30, less than 40 yards and less than two yards per, per tote, which is just no bueno. And he now probably is happier. Even though he can't be happy that Pollard is still, you know, having some of that starlight taken away from him, he's still got to be happier that he that, that it's a one-two punch and he can still stay involved. But he ain't the same, not the no, same he's cowboy. Not the, he's not the same cowboy. Also, another one of my concerns about Dak Prescott moving forward is uh, their wide receivers. I mean, if C.D. Lamb is not making any catches, then their wide receiver core is pretty obsolete. Right. But Schultz last night stepped his game up as far as the tight ends go. He yeah. got what two touchdowns in yeah, that he game. He was big. Yeah, you're gonna if, if, listen if you bracket because that's what we did in the first half. We couldn't we couldn't do anything with C.D. Lamb. Yeah. But then when he we bracketed him in the second half mm-hmm. and forced the other players to make that, that's what allowed us to come back and that's why we was able to stop him on a lot of those third downs. Yeah. I, I I just feel like when you're talking about like Mike McCarthy has to come out of there last night trying to say you know style points aren't important. Yeah, yeah they are. Okay. Yeah, they are. And and and, and that team will tighten up about as quickly as anybody. They barely escaped their own building with a win over the Philadelphia Eagles because of two crazy plays that just don't happen very often, wrestling a ball away from a receiver, and then Miles Sanders just basically losing the handle yeah. of the football without anybody even touching him. Well, he, he, here's the reason why I think the Cowboys will keep winning, all right? Because if the playoffs ended, they would play Tampa, not San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want no parts of San Francisco right now. No, they now, don't. Right? So they would rather be, what, the, the fifth seed in the, in the playoffs and play Tampa Bay and kind of cruise control because if they were the sixth seed and they had to play the 49ers, yeah. it would be lights out. Yeah, yeah. It's a great point. It really is. And obviously if they were to face Philly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That part, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, for those who may have missed it this morning, Ryan Tannehill did go on injured reserve, so he is not going to be available for the Week 18 matchup between the Titans and the Jaguars. So it would be assumed that that at, knowing that information, boys, is it going to be Josh Dobbs against his former team, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars? Have to be. Can you go back to Malik Willis? Do they say they were saving him for Week 18? Potentially. Well, yeah. You know what? I think Malik Willis may play in the game. They might have a package, packages available, but I, I don't. I don't see any, them utilize him in the passing game because. He hasn't thrown for over 100 yards all, what, the three to four times that he started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean. At least Josh Dobbs gave you that. Yeah. He did give you that. And, and I, I, you know, maybe Mike Vrabel is right now just trying to push buttons and just see if anything works, just see if the TV will come back on because he's just trying to get something. And, and like I said, I give him credit for at least 
as down as they were numbers-wise, they at least had a little fight in them. But, yeah, he probably wanted to see how long uh, had Dobbs been there, uh, just over a week? I mean, he basically – Yeah, like, uh, you know, Baker had two days and was able to win with Sean McVay calling plays because he had some, some weapons to throw the football to. And we'll find out whether or not they come back. I, I would – I would like to see Malik Willis, obviously, because I want to see the, the, the guy that you think might be the easiest to defend. Uh, but we'll find out. Now, just looking at these games next Sunday. Again, we got to get to the Texans and the Jags coming up here in just a second. But if you're looking at other games that potentially could take it away, we mentioned the Lions and the Packers. Ravens and Bengals as well. Uh, it depends on what happens with the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills and ha- what happens with uh, if Lamar Jackson were to come back. He's not playing this week. He's not playing. Who is it? The Steelers again with them this week. And so that at least has potential. Ravens, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Jets, Dolphins. I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. But Tua could be coming back. Wow. And let's just say Mike White goes out well, to Seattle and does something. They're still a, a mathematically alive. Well, they, the they said something earlier this morning about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Tua coming back next, next week. week. Yeah, this yeah, will be yeah, your week. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at these week 18 games. That's a medical gotcha. situation so, I don't so, want to get into, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. The Tua situation oh, yeah. because it, it's a PR nightmare. Yeah, it, it really it is. is. That's and, and the thing is, is that he – Because they let him back in the game twice. Yeah. Yeah. And he you go self-reported back. this concussion, Leon. Yeah, right like. on Monday, <laughs> on Monday, and and by the way, you know we were talking about it earlier. Uh, just you know, I I'm, I'm, I was just telling them, I'm like, I don't remember seeing the hit. I watched the game. I don't remember seeing the hit. Anyway, social media obviously had it, and they're like, you know, hey, knucklehead. And I'm like, I know I've seen it. I was just simply saying, in the game, I didn't, I did not remember seeing it and being something that bad. And then he stood up at the podium and sounded fine. And then, obviously, we all know what has happened since then. So he may not play at all, okay? He may be gone. Bridgewater may be your starter for the next two weeks. The Jets and Dolphins are playing. Let's just say Mike White goes out to Seattle and they win a game this Sunday. Then that would at least add some intrigue to that. The rest of them really don't pop. If Jalen Hurts comes back, Giants-Eagles, okay? Because the Giants and Eagles are playing – the Giants are playing for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And Jalen Hurts knows, to your point, Leon – they want to be that number one seed. Yeah. Okay. Dallas doesn't want to see the, uh, San Francisco, but if the Philadelphia Eagles were to slide into that number two spot, mm-hmm. which d- doesn't seem likely right now, that's another one that obviously could be one to watch. And I was told as well, the Dallas Cowboys always draw. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. always, and it's them in, in Washington. Yeah. And so it's, look, there's a lot of marquee games. And the only reason I'm, I'm looking at it, like this is because of the Titans side of this. I love the idea that they want to have Trevor one more time under the lights. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. First Sunday night football game in Duval between or any Jaguar game, 2008. Oh yeah, yeah. that's it's, huge. It's been such a that, day like that's a storyline. And, and listen, a like I, I respect the national media. Oh, no one cares about the Titans and the Jags, especially if the winner of the division has a loser. No, right. no. The fact of the matter is, is that this kid. Regardless of the fact that the National Football League is prepared to make him one of its faces in the next in the next year, let alone in the years to come, the fact of the matter is, statistically speaking, he has been a top five quarterback over yeah. the last seven weeks. Yeah, yeah, he's. he's if been, you're going to have Burrow uh, and Allen and Mahomes in prime time, how do you not have the kid? Listen, yeah. listen. Over the ne- last seven weeks, arguably, he's probably outperformed the elite quarterbacks outside of the pack for Mahomes mm-hmm. as far as completions, touchdowns, interceptions, QBR. Only person he's behind it as far as all those numbers. That only person he's behind is uh, Patrick Mahomes in yards. Yeah, 
And and Mahomes has been lights Mah- out. Mahomes we're, you know, is Mahomes. We're, we're, yeah, we're talking is we're talking MVP, and anytime they can showcase him, they probably will also bite on that apple as well. So, but yeah, his numbers out of sight good right now. Speaking of the Eagles, uh, somebody said this to me last night, and I'm curious to get y'all's take. Let's say the Eagles either don't get that number one seed, or even if they do, let's say they pull a Titans from last year and they get bounced in the first round. At that point in time, and heaven forbid, heaven forbid, the Jaguars make the playoffs and they win that first game. Where does Doug Peterson finish in the coach Hmm. of the year voting? Yeah, listen, I tried to name the assistant coach of the year very early. I would name him the coy uh, because he would definitely – look – if you're, if you're talking about going from worst to first, and I'm, I'm going to look at these numbers because it is crazy how hard it is to do that, okay? If you talk about teams that over the life of, of you know, these playoffs and, yeah, they've added one more, so you have one more chance to get in. But coming mm. from worst to first is yeah. not – it happens a lot, a lot more than maybe people think. But this reclamation project? Yeah. About as tough as you could possibly imagine. Yes, listen, listen. Coming from somebody that, that's that's been a number one seed at least four times and has never made the Super Bowl, uh-huh. uh, it's no real safety net, all right? Yeah. I've made the Super Bowl as a two seed, never as a one seed. Always wow. been by. Yeah, it's crazy. That is it? interesting. And everybody just assumes that if you're the number one seed, you're going to the Super Bowl because everything has to come through your place to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, especially now with now, the one seed is the only one that gets the buy. Only one that gets that buy. That week off. I mean, yeah. do you have to shake off rust? And that's yeah. the other question, too, is, again, we don't want to put the cart before the horse, but if the Jaguars were to make the playoffs, if they have to host the Ravens again for round yeah. two, that's, what if Lamar Jackson has to come in not having played the past yeah. how many uh, weeks? I mean, honestly, that's, I'm on bended knee for that one. That, that's what I'd like to see because it gives them the best chance to advance, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If Lamar Jackson has to yeah. come in yeah. and have him and play. He, yeah, not, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be the best-case scenario for us that we play the Ravens. We, we, get, we get the four seed. And then we play the Ravens in the first round. But, of course, there is still a Texans game to yeah. be played. There is still a game this Sunday that needs to be played. Doug Peterson says you play to win the game. He has continued to reiterate that he will not rest his starters, unlike mm-hmm. Mike Brabel, um, to the point that earlier this morning he let reporters know that both Trayvon Walker and Foley Fadakasi, both with the ankle injuries that kept them out the last two weeks, are on track to play Sunday, and he expects them to play against mm-hmm. the Houston Texans. Here's the question yeah. I want to ask news. you, though, news. both of y'all, is this. Do you think Doug Peterson pulls out the, uh, the same game plan, or do you think he goes a little vanilla for this game, knowing that the, he may not want to show the Titans too much? Uh, you know, I feel, like, I feel like the way we have seen him go about his year calling mm-hmm. plays, he's, uh, and I've described it as he self-scouts himself as good as anybody, yeah. and he – knows or at least kind of identifies his tendencies and changes them. And that's why I think the tight end, think about this, Leon, the tight end for the first half of the year really wasn't a major true. piece of this that's puzzle. True. That's true. The last five games, Evan Ingram has had basically a, a, a he's a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I don't think we've seen all the playbook. I think now Trevor's more confident that he can hit four or five different guys. Now Hasty's getting a little more involved. ETN's not asked to do as much. I love the fact that that he can go out there and he has he basically has the full Waffle House menu. He can call whatever he wants and not be afraid of it. And, and now you got to figure out how to beat it. You I think know? the bigger question is um, what sort of scheme will the Texans' defense be running? Um, I think because it, it was it was working with the with the lovey cover right the lovey last co- time the lovey cover was working but they really haven't played a ton of it lately I mean they they obviously it's you know it's the core of their defense but they have branched out a little bit mm-hmm. I know Chris Manhurts was saying it on Jaguars Happy Hour yesterday that they're yeah. playing some other looks 
So will the Texans uh, go continue to do that, or uh, will they say, well, this worked against Trevor, so we will again? Listen, I hope I hope he comes out with that cover, too. The way Trevor's playing now, we'll light up the cover, too. Yeah. I pray that Lovey Smith puts that's out. That's awesome to hear. Yes, yeah, I want him awesome to. awesome to hear. Yeah. All right, now, let me give you another saucy zinger, since we are at the L House here at uh, Southside. Instead of a saucy nug. Yeah, it's a saucy zinger today. All right, so listen to this, all right? 50 teams in league history have gone from worst to first. 50 teams in league history from worst to first. 27 of them have done it since 2003. So that tells you just how even things are now. That's an NFL record, three teams in 2005 and 2006. So coming into week 17... Believe it or not, Jacksonville is one of the teams that is, you know, has a chance to go from worst to first. Baltimore was last last year. It's hard to remember that, okay? We're Baltimore good. was last. And Carolina, let's give Wilkes a little yeah. credit, okay? Yeah. Let's give Wilkes some credit for what he's been able to do. Carolina has a chance to at least keep things going if they can beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. But you're talking about, all right, let's go from a – let me see if I can hold on to my laptop and, and, and keep the prying eyes away. So – Two teams during the 19-year span that we're talking about have won the Super Bowl after finishing last in their division the season before as we shift this from a saucy zinger to a funky fact. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. All right, you got delicious IPA. Waiting for you, delicious craft like the Feridian. It's all in the cooler section of your local grocer as you check out a little funky boot action. So two teams during this 19-year span that we're talking about have won the Super Bowl after finishing last in their division the season before. All right, so the one I know is the New England Patriots. It was after 2008 when Tom Brady had the ACL tear. Correct me if I'm wrong. They won 11-5 that year. They did? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying a word. Dang it. How about the Broncos in 2015? Uh, that's a good choice, Broncos. Uh, uh, back to JJville if you want to chime in there, big bro. No, I don't have any. Worst to first, huh? Mm-hmm. One, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, won okay. the what Super Bowl. What about uh, the Rams 2000? Well, we're going back 19-year span, so 2003 until now, okay? Oh. So 2003 until now, because that's that's the NFL record that we're you know we're looking at 50 teams. I'm gonna go with, with Doug Peterson's of team. I'm gonna go with his Eagles. 2003. I'm gonna go with Doug Peterson's Eagles. That's okay. not bad. They they won uh, they won like seven games, but they could have been in last yeah. in the NFC East. I'm gonna say Doug Peterson, and um, I'm gonna go. All right, I'm listen. gonna go Green Bay. All right, all right. Go Green Bay. We almost had what what uh, what boy band is this? We almost had a sing along while we were boys. yeah while we were waiting. Great karaoke yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So let's give the answer and let's give. Uh, I don't care if it's half or a whole. Let's give a big old yes sir to the big man because Doug Peterson deserves a big old yes sir right now as the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl after finishing last in their division the season before. The other team, the Sean Payton-led New Orleans Saints oh. in 2009. Nice. And so it can happen, and it has happened 
with Dougie Fresh. So you never, ever know. Shout, you out, never to, know. shout out to Kyle in Riverside on the text line brought to yeah. you by Lifetime Enclosures, who did accurately guess the Saints. You can join in on the conversation at 641-1010. We may not be at 1010XL headquarters, but, yes, we are still checking the text line. So I see plenty of you wondering about will the Jaguars-Titans be flexed to Sunday night? I see plenty of FSU fans chiming in. How about this one, courtesy of 4634? Imagine if the Dallas Cowboys draft Johnny Wilson. Mm-hmm. He says that he would be an instant star. Well, uh, look, that guy, I do love seeing that. I mean, that guy can play. All right, now, also on the text line, I don't know whether you can come up with with a New Year's Rockin' Eve big hair heavy metal song, mm. but you're going to have your New Year's Eve celebration tomorrow night, okay? I know Big Surce is going to get, I mean, he is going to be paisley out tomorrow night. And so whoever is partying tomorrow night, if you've got a big hair heavy metal suggestion, let's just say you're having your New Year's Rockin' Eve, I'll never forget Paper Cut performing live down at the pier uh, at St. Augustine Beach. That was one of my favorite heavy metal New Year's Eve nights. But if you've got one, you can hit the text line, uh, send JJ the DJ uh, a big hair heavy metal suggestion. We say thanks to First Coast Metal Roofing Supply as they have been hooking us up with big hair heavy metal every Friday, and they'll hook you up with the best metal roof. We're talking one that will last. You won't have to worry about insurance companies calling you. First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, the number one, firstcoastmrs.com. Check them out. It's a Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. Oh, yeah. J.J., the DJ, not only is he cranking out some Big Hair Heavy Metal, uh, which, J.J., that was a pretty good selection right there. Did that come in off the text line? What did you What did you just spend for everybody yeah, right quiet, there? Yeah, Quiet Riot Party All Night, I guess, is New Year's Eve-ish. See, that's beautiful. That's what we want is your New Year's Eve anthems that you got to have that get you fired up, big hair, heavy metal. Uh, you can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, at 641-1010. Give us some of those because you're going to be rocking tomorrow night, I'm sure. Uh, but that highlight, that Modella moment that you just heard J.J. play, Aaron Judge, man. If you think about some of the great moments in sports that we've had in 2022, this is our last show. This is our Eve Eve show, and we got to look back. That's why J.J.'s been just pumping out some of these great moments mm-hmm. but that the Aaron Judge watch was on for a little bit of time and then he ultimately got to 62 which broke the record in the American League pretty dang good year for him and I talked to my buddy Pete from Sunset Grill the other night diehard Yankees fan which I know you and coach are as well uh, Pete was just like he, he, he said that he would have personally torn down the house that Ruth built. Uh, the new one, the old one, it didn't matter if Aaron Judge didn't come back and get in stripes. And so for him to have that moment and then also know that he's going forward for whatever, what is it, a decade uh, with the Yankees, you got Yankees fans pretty prime. And getting the captain's badge for yeah. what it's worth, too. Lest yeah. we forget, he also is now the first, the 16th captain in New York Yankees history and the first since Derek Jeter. Uh, one of our servers here at the Ale House uh, on Southside Boulevard, rocking yeah. the Yankees cap. We love to see the Bronx Bombers. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, listen, an incredible year for sports was 2022. And what's good to know is that we are still talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars on the eve 
of 2023. It's the truth. And uh, we, we, we talked about it a bunch that you want to be relevant. You want to be uh, back to where you're competing. We were just asking for fourth quarter games for a long time. We were asking for the season that starts into September not to be over by October. And here we are. And, and uh, I think Matt Hayes might have said it. Maybe Leon. Maybe Leon said it. One, one of you guys said it before that you're talking about being relevant in January now, not just December, but relevant in January. And not just in the hunt, Leon. Mm-hmm. We yeah. talked about just wanting to be in the hunt on the graphic. Mm-hmm. They're Division leading leader. the AFC South. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're in. They're in the picture. They're not in the hunt. Well, here's the, here's the thing about the team a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I was wondering if this team was about that life. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I, I see how talented the team was. I saw how Trevor was developing. I saw us moving up and down the field, scoring points and stuff like that. And I said, could they turn the page? Could they could they make a run? And I and I didn't believe it initially. Yeah. For, for what I saw in in, in, the, in the game against Detroit, I I, I was done with them. I, I did. I, I was done with them because they had everything in front of them. We yeah. were saying right oh, there in front yeah. of them. You win that, that game. Be- but, you know, they came back. They came fighting back when everybody was against them. And uh, they show some maturity down the stretch. I, I think more than anything else that this jumped to me, and, and I was thinking about this. You know, we're at the Southside Ale House. We got Jaguar fans here. We got Gamecock fans here. Fighting Irish here. Uh, come by, get your Bud Light bucket, celebrate New Year's Eve, Eve with us. But I was th- talking to a couple guys inside, and I'm like, you guys got to. This is the thing that people don't give enough credit to. As much as we panned. The Dave Caldwell-led draft process and free agency spending, as much as we pounded on Trent Baalke's front door for some of those decisions, coaching matters, okay? Coaching matters. This was a what, – what was this considered? A – not, not counting Trevor. Was this a C-plus roster? Uh, uh, at yes. best? Yes. At, at yes. best, Going right? Going into the season, C-plus, yeah. okay. yes. Yeah, at best a C-plus. Probably a C-roster. Not counting Trevor, and you, and you might even be able to lump him in because you just didn't know what you had, all right? Mm. Bottom line is coaching matters. And that's the thing, Leon, from that Detroit game on, I do believe that Peterson's plan has taken hold. These guys understand it. They sniff it. They they want more of it. And I think that's just well, massive to me. Well, I mean, listen, Trevor had the right context after the game when he went to the podium, and he said he was embarrassed. Yeah. He was embarrassed, and he was calling out guys. This is not what we are. I'm embarrassed by this, this, and that. So that was really the first time we ever seen Trevor not throwing anybody on the bus, but literally call out the team. This was an embarrassment. Yeah. This is not who we are. This is not what we put forth the effort in during the week, and this is not the product that we're supposed to show. And ever since that moment when he did that, things just changed. It really did. On, things a, just on changed. a dime. Uh, things just changed from there. Because I was done with them. When, I, when they lost the way they lost to Detroit – I was like, man, this team is not ready. And I said, that's fine because most teams aren't built for the Januarys mm-hmm. of the world. Most teams want to just stay uh, ho-hum mm-hmm. and be mediocre and be average, and they don't want to chase that ring. But then when you, they win the game. Now they win, they're beating the Cowboys. They're beating the Ravens. They're, they're beating the Jets. And now we're, we're in the position right now where we control our own destiny. Mm-hmm. So, beautiful. Leon, where, where do you sit going into this Sunday's game? Talking about what we just spoke about with regards to the Tennessee Titans and them benching starters, resting starters this past week ahead of that Week 18 matchup. Should Doug Peterson be resting some of the guys that are a little banged up? No, I I, I don't think – I think Doug is – 
I think Doug is going around asking guys, do you want to rest? And they say, no, I want to play. Right. This is something special. Listen, when you got something special at the helm, you want to be a part of it. You want to be. You want. You want to play. They're just now winning. Yeah, you're just now winning. This. This is. I mean, this isn't a team that's been winning over the last decade or half a decade. They just started winning, and guys are getting a taste of this, and they want to be a part of it. I know if I was on this team right now, there's no way in the world you could pull me from this mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I, I, love w- that. I want to be a part of this run, and what it's going to be a run. We're going to beat the Texans. We're going to beat the Titans. We're going to host the game. Whoever we play, we're going to beat them. And then we're going to play the next round, and let's go to see what happens. I swear to God, I thought he was going to give me the Cersei punch right there just for one second. He looks so fired up. I'm just <laughs> telling you, bro. That or Big John Henderson. And you know, and you know what's going so to right. happen, bro? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the same thing that happened to us in 96. Once you get that taste of that playoff oh, yeah. life yeah. and it, feel good to, it feels good to you, yeah. you're going to want to drink from that goblet every year. I, I, honestly, I love it because that is the belief that we've been looking for, hoping for, wishing for, all that stuff. And, and what you're saying – means something right now it really does and i think that we this team went from five l's to winning five of seven okay and d-rock put in the request by the way thank you jj for the yeah. music as oh, well yeah. um that was a throwback to 96 yeah, exactly for, 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 99 for, actually 90, yeah. oh 99 yeah, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah, me yeah. for those nooners you may not be familiar d-rock put in the request to espn we still haven't actually gotten the word back yet if there has ever been a team that made the playoffs after losing five straight games and then winning five straight mm-hmm. games yeah yeah. Because that, that's what's in front of the Jaguars right now. And, there is and, a possibility. And we already talked about historical, you know, historical marks going out west and winning, Beat it, beating NFC teams, winning your uh, division. Uh, this team has not won this division, you know, but one time since 1999. Uh, they were wild card teams in 05 and 07. It's hard to remember that, but that's what it was. Uh, they had to go on the road both of those times. Hatton hosted a playoff game since 99 until 2017 now you got a chance to do that again all these things are starting to happen and and, and the believability of it uh and basically the hard work being put in in the in, in the in the killer game planning i'm just going to keep saying that because that is as much a part of this as as is anything that's happening right now before we get to we aren't going to make picks correct me if i'm wrong we oh, are yeah. going to make picks we are going to talk college football playoff coming up in the next segment i do want to make an old friend alert mm-hmm. speaking of coaching if Blaine Gabbard had the coaching that oh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence did, what could have been? Um, you know what? He is very well coached at, evidently. Emergency rescue. Yes. In case Pretty cool. In case you're driving in your car right now, um, you may want to, like, you know, don't don't drive off the road first and foremost. You may want to pull over a little bit because this story is absolutely nuts out of Tampa Bay from this morning. So here is actually the full behind the scenes, according to Greg Allman of Fox Sports, um, which, by the way, Blaine Gabbert and Tampa Police Department just held a press conference at the Buccaneers facility. That's how serious the situation was. Um, So reportedly, there was four people in a helicopter that were trying to attempt to make a landing in in, uh, Peter O'Knight Airport following a tour about 5 o'clock yesterday. The pilot and the passengers reportedly heard a loud bang. The helicopter lost power. The pilot conducted an emergency landing into the water near the Davis Islands Yacht Club all the occupants ended up in the water. You could only see a couple inches of the helicopter left. Crazy. The police were on their way. They had been notified they were on their way. But what assisted the police was that the four individuals were already lifted out of the water by two bystander jet skis that were operated by Blaine Gabbert, a resident of Davis Island, and his brother, mm-hmm. who I guess, I guess they just saw the helicopter mm-hmm. go down. They hopped on the jet skis. 
and they they just took off and were able to get these four individuals. It was a it was a son, his mother, and wow. his father, and the pilot. They were able to get them onto the jet skis. And, and, they, wow. na and they named Blaine and brother honorary members of the uh, Tampa Bay Police Department uh, immediately, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty you cool. know, you, you get deputized right there because the fact that they were able – we're talking saving people's lives. That is pretty cool. Now, right, look. and that's what the Tampa Police Department said was the fact of the matter is, is when you're floating in the water and they – it sounds like they didn't have life preservers on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were in their clothes. You could panic. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there was two people there to save them that quickly mm -hmm. was look at huge. That, look at that photo. That's one of the – uh, wow. individuals being rescued that they were right there uh, you're doing an amazing photo from Hunter Hupp showing him in the water and jet skis in the background including Blaine Gabbert and Hupp's mother after they were rescued after their helicopter went down uh, that is awesome now look I used to always joke and I still think it's a fact Blaine Gabbert would you, you most remember him in a fetal position okay that's the way you saw him on the ground curled up <laughs> after a defender was about to maul him but in this case he didn't curl up he didn't curl up. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I know we, we want to talk Jaguars. Mm -hmm. We don't want to talk about Jaguars' past. Yeah. But, hey, listen, down the road. Give them a little love. Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, they need yeah. something good to talk about these yeah. days. At they least do. Blaine Gabbert gave them that. Yeah, give them a little love. All right, let's do our picks coming up. JJ, did we did we, did we stink it up or did we, we were okay last week? Did we suck? Uh, um, Mia and Matt went 3-3. Three and three. Everybody else went 4-2. and two. Okay, all right, so at least we're, we're, tr we're on the climb. We're on the climb. All right, we'll do our picks coming up, but drop on by. We are at the Ale House, you know, kind of a Bud Light bucket afternoon. If you want to drop on by, you can order them up uh, by the bucket. You can see all the televisions. they got all the games on right now. We'll have the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl on later on. You'll be able to hear it right here on the Superstation, as well as we'll take you until 3.30 this afternoon. XL Primetime. One, two, three. Time now for Cover 3. Three big college games. Three big NFL games. Who on XL Primetime can beat the spread? All right, we have a close one, folks. Matt, who is not here today, I do have his picks, though. He is one game up at 52-44-6 and six over wow. Mia and Joe. Leon, you are uh, 46 and 50. I am actually only four games back. I'm 48, 48 and six. I've Pulling been hot himself the last couple weeks. back into it. Yes, absolutely. And when Love I go six and zero this week, I'll be really into it. All right. Oh, he's predicting a six and zero <laughs> yes. run. Sirs. I've done that a few times. <laughs> All, right. All right. First up, we'll go with the NFL. We'll leave the uh, playoff games for last. First up, Vikings at Packers. The Packers at home are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Matt has taken the Packers, so Mia and Joe, you guys will alternate. Mia, you're up first. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers as well. Um, in case you're just joining us on XL Primetime, inside sources at Sunday Night Football say that if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get it done, they would get their game against the Lions Week 18 flex of Sunday Night Football. I know you hate to hear that, Duval, but unfortunately – the only thing that's inevitable besides Aaron Rodgers in this world is the national media slandering Duval County and Jacksonville. So, hey, listen, it's it's not the worst thing in the world if you get, you know, the Jim Nance, Tony Romo treatment or the Saturday Night, Fo Saturday Night Football treatment. So I'm going to go say, with the pack. It, it, it's, it's under the lights Saturday night. That, that, that would be the biggest mm -hmm. thing for me is that you have two possibilities to, to be – you know, basically center stage by yourself. And so I, I will gladly take the Saturday. Sirs, I am going to uh, – I'm going to take the Vikings. Did you say oh. three and a half, JJ? Correct. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I'm going to take the Packers. 
uh, because I think that young receiving core is starting to grow up. Defense is a little sound, and uh, I like the way uh, Aaron is running the ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the Green Bay Packers be a solid team if they make it to the playoffs. Yeah, they uh, become a little scary again. Yeah. I think this is way too many points for uh, a team with, like, 11 wins. I'm taking mm-hmm. the Vikings. Might not win, mm-hmm. but three and a half to me is a lot. All right, this is Sunday night. Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Matt is taking the Ravens. Yeah, the national media want the Steelers to win, too, because the third thing that's inevitable in Joe's this world turn. besides Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Joe's mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're all yeah, turning. Sorry. You, you notice I didn't say anything. I just let her go because I, I was going to let her. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I was second. I was going to let her give us her Alternating means yeah. alternate. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. JJ. I yeah. misheard you. Yeah, it's so it gives, my tea. it gives you a little advantage if I go in the wrong direction here. True. And, you know, it's so funny because the Ravens played up in Pittsburgh, and that was when Lamar first got hurt. And I thought there's no way that the Ravens are going to win. They won that game. Mm-hmm. And now the Steelers are going to go into Baltimore, and they are catching how many points, JJ? Two and a half. Two and a half points. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to take – I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points. So what I was saying earlier is the national media loves the Steelers. They want the Steelers to make it into the playoffs because the only thing more inevitable than Aaron Rodgers is Mike Tomlin making the postseason. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine, though, an AFC playoff picture where your quarterbacks are Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, um, Lamar Jackson. Oh, it's the stars. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm take, I'm gonna take the Steelers. Wow. Uh, no L boogie, huh? Scoop Not right now. Huntley. Scoop, huh? And he's pretty good. He is pretty good. I'm gonna take the Ravens. So I got the Ravens. Yeah, okay. I like the Ravens. I think Huntley's fine enough. I, I just think the Steelers suck. All right, Monday night. <laughs> this is a good Monday night game, man. This is a great yeah. Monday night game. It is. Bills at Bengals. Uh, Bills on the road are actually a one-point favorite. Matt is taking the Bills. Mia, who do you got? I'm going to take the Bengals because I think mm. the AFC runs through Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I am. Do, are we getting a point and a half? Just one. One point. You savage. Mm. Um, I am going to take the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Um. Basically a pick'em game. Pick'em game, yeah. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Joe Burrow. I got the Bengals. Yeah, okay. I'm with me and uh, Leon. I think the Bengals are gonna win this game at home. All right. I guess the the only way I'm looking at it real quick is that that would be eight in a row. I guess I wouldn't be surprised, but eight in a row is hard to do. No, you want to know why I'm not surprised? Because huh. Joe Burrow is the modern day. I know he's still playing, but the yeah. modern day Aaron Rodgers. Remember the relax comment yeah. Yeah. and what did Aaron oh, yeah. Rodgers yeah. do? He's, he's red hot right now. All right, let's go to college. I guess I should have done the CBS music before the bomb. That would make more sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is an ESPN weekend. This is their weekend. Uh, yeah. We'll start out with the non-playoff game. Um, John and Linda LaSalva actually at this game down in South Florida right now. Nice. Clemson mm. versus Tennessee. Now, there is no um, um, Hendon Hooker. Correct. But Clemson is – so that means Clemson is a favorite. They are a four-and-a-half-point favorite, though. Matt has the Tigers of Clemson. Mia, who do you have? Or Joe? I thought we were me. alternating. Oh, we're yeah. alternating. 
All right, so I will jump in and I will happily take the uh, non-Milton-led Clemson mm-hmm. Tigers. I will mm. also take the Clemson Tigers. Dang. Uh, yeah, I will take Clemson. I want to give a little shout-out to my former teammate, Bernard Clark. Mm -hmm. He was uh, inducted to the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame over the weekend. Nice. He was the MVP of the national championship game in 1988 when Miami played Oklahoma. Right. Beautiful. That's awesome. All right. Well, I I, I picked the Vols, then I scratched it out, and I put Clemson. And then hearing Uh all of you guys pick Clemson, I've scratched it out again, and I'm taking the Vols. You're taking – see, that's the – that's the luxury of you being able to, to kind of try and exactly. play catch-up, which is good. But I just don't think Clemson's good enough to give a team like the Vols four and a half points. Um, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Ah. First up, we have TCU versus, excuse me, against Michigan. Michigan is an eight-point favorite. Matt is taking Michigan. Oh, he is taking Michigan. While I do think Michigan will win the game, I think our boy Max Duggan's got one more thriller left in him. So I'm going to take TCU. I, I I feel like I guess it's just the, the the main betters out there are picking the the brand over the team. I know that they've got some really really good defensive players. I'm just going to take TCU plus. I, I, that's just I'm going that way. I'm going I'm going I'm going I'm to happily take the eight. Um. <clears throat> oh. Well, listen, I've had the opportunity. Yeah, I know. It's clear on my throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the opportunity to watch TCU play a couple of times this year. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got to make sure they're not overwhelmed because that front it's line true. and that D line is pretty pretty overwhelming. I, I'm going to take TCU in the points. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, th- I think I, I think Michigan's going to win, but I think TCU will cover. Yeah, I, I'm with Mia. I'm with Leon. I think Michigan wins and TCU keeps it closer than eight. All right, now to the big one. Ohio State versus Georgia. I think Georgia would have rather had almost any of the other teams. But they are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Matt is taking the dogs. JJ, are you going to take Ohio State? No. I know, Joe, I know Joe has the first pick, but the way you just set that up, it's, it's sounding like no, you but might be going to that. It's definitely the – they got screwed. I mean, they're yeah, playing. Yeah. They're playing probably the hardest matchup that they have. I it, it, they would I, be like huge favorites against TCU. Mm-hmm. You know, they're only I, six I and a half I'm, point I'm, favorites against Ohio State. What I'm trying to figure out is is this Ryan Day discussion that we had. Is it really going to matter? Is it really going to going to ultimately add up to C.J. Stroud getting things going and, and causing some problems for that Georgia defense? Are they going to be able to get after Stetson? How about Marvin Harrison and those guys actually mm-hmm. making some plays? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take the points. Is it six and a half? Yeah. I think I think I'm going to take the points. Wow. Trayvon Walker's official prediction, by the way, 28-3 dogs. <laughs> wow. I tend to agree <clears throat> with him. Yeah. I got the dogs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, release the hounds. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs. I got uh, one, the dogs. Yeah. Uh, and and mainly your your man in the middle, number 88. Oh yeah. 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 The grown man in the middle. Yeah. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Yeah. Yes. I like Georgia to win by like seven to ten-ish range. Um, okay, so, so barely. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but not like a huge blowout. But I do take Georgia to cover, and uh, that is the picks. All right, so they are in. They are in. We'll see where we go with it. I hope we got some winners. Uh, Leon, are you're, uh, you're, you're going to be a winner 
with the fifth quarter Sunday afternoon. So mm-hmm. make sure everyone tunes in. A celebratory fifth quarter. Yes, by the way. yes. <laughs> you will be at the perfect rack. You might yes. even will they let you have a cigar inside that that night? They will not. <laughs> but but you you can at least start the stick. You know, just kind of like get getting ready to go. You know, you know what? I'm going to save the stick for the AFC division. Oh, Silence. I, I'll oh. I'll smoke one. I'll smoke a victory cigar there. I love it. All right, so perfect rack, fifth quarter, Sunday after the Jags over the Texans. Your score? Um, Jaguars twenty three, Texans ten. Okay, twenty three ten. I'm thinking somewhere in the teens, something like that. I would love to see that twenty three ten. New Year's Eve. What do we got? Uh, well, New Year's, a lot of football. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll probably get. I'll probably watch the first game, playoff. Go home, get dressed, and then uh, uh, head to the chop house to watch the fireworks. Oh, very nice, very nice. All right, well, listen. Happy New Year. We will see you in twenty three. Big. There bro. you go. There we go. See you then. When All the right. Jaguars make an epic run in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's feeling it. I'm he's feeling, feeling it. it. He's feeling it. All right. Hope that uh, you guys are feeling it as well. You can come on by the L House right here in Tinseltown. We are on Southside Boulevard, especially if you're trying to, well, just swing through here before you head down to the uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. We'd love to see you. Gamecock fans, Fighting Irish fans, and Jags fans, come on by. It's XL Primetime till 3.30 from the L House right here in Tinseltown. Cam Smith is a player's champion in his backyard. Cam Smith has won the 150th Open. He is the champion golfer of the year. Just moments ago, Live Golf announced the field for its fourth event of this year. It's this weekend in Boston, and they confirmed that the world's number two player, the 2022 Open champion Cam Smith, will be in the field. It's a Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. I do got to tell you, Josie, I was over at uh, the TPC Sawgrass Clubhouse this morning. Yeah. Honored guest of the wonderful South Carolina Alumni Club. Uh I have a couple of friends that are Gamecocks. And... uh, and Cam Smith's putter, as I was touring them around the clubhouse, is still up there. In case you've never been to the clubhouse, each of the previous players' champions gets to leave one club that led to their win. And I was kind of surprised, but not only is Cam's portrait still up, but his club is up there as well. Well, you don't want to know why? Because they're classy, all right? They're not a bunch of Greg Normans running around running that Greg shop. Normans is, okay. by the way, Greg yeah. Normans' club from the right. players is also still up, as is his portrait. I want you to get to the real part of this. J.J. just put a stake in my heart. I mean, come on, as he goes back and it's relives. It's a news story of the year. It's one of the news <laughs> stories of the year. I'm not taking sides whatsoever. Yeah. I'm a fan of golf. Yeah. Yes, you both, are. Yes, I you are. I watch both tours. I will defend you to the hilt, and I won't defend them to the hilt. Um, but, you know, Cam Cam was the champ, okay, and I miss him dearly. We were talking about it last night. You know, a new property under construction from Cam uh, and, and, you know, looking at building a mega, mega palace type of place. Uh, that, that He's got was, the money to do it these yeah, days. Yeah, he's especially now, and he already has a palace type of place right there on Roscoe. Uh, and, and, look, I miss him dearly. I, I, hope, I hope things change, but for right now, you know, we, we're, we're building walls around the PGA Tour uh, as we get ready to start, crank our season back up uh, down in Maui um, with all the winners and probably not Cam. But when anyway, 
Uh, it's coming up uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Okay. We go we go right back to work on the PGA Tour. You go from Maui in uh, the Plantation Courts, which is honestly one of my you know you you always hear the bucket list. Uh, that's one of the places that I would absolutely love to go. And then to Honolulu, and then they you know double back to the mainland and they start running up and down the California coast. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be awesome. But who knows what will come of all that? I get the feeling. That when Augusta ruled and said, we're going to welcome our champions back, and if you qualified, you qualified, that at the very least said, hey, let's get something done. By so this time next year, we don't want to be dealing with this. Is Cam Smith eligible then? Yeah, he is. He's yeah. not eligible he still for has this enough world, Right, he still has yeah. enough World Cup rankings to be, oh, yeah. to be well, at Augusta. Yeah, he won the is, Open Championship. Yeah. Oh, right, and, right, right. Yeah, so he wins. He, he On the virtue of winning those, he is eligible for a minimum – I want to say a minimum of five years. It might be a little little less than that. But anyway, it, it has been a five-year exempt status and an invitation to those majors. Rory, so. you really couldn't get it done for us, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, son. Yeah. He was close. He was he close. Was, it, was, it was such a great, great tournament. And, and the up and down, the up and down on the road hole for Cam Smith uh, was stellar. Uh, and, and, the, and the guy, you know, he's a lot like, the, the cool customers you see, they don't have a heartbeat. By the way, we could do a little round of applause and a happy birthday to Tiger Woods. Eldrick, uh, he's getting up in years, uh, but who knows what he will have in store for us in 2023. But uh, he and LeBron are a couple of people that have birthdays today, December 30th. Uh, that, that's a pretty good list uh, of, of guys. Hey, who do you share your birthday with? Uh, and I love it. And so Dan Rappaport, he put out, he, put, he goes, Tiger Woods' birthday perfect excuse to bring up my favorite tiger story he's grimacing during 2008 u.s open play stevie williams tiger you may be jeopardizing your career maybe it's time to quit tiger f you stevie i'm winning the tournament <laughs> it's just beautiful i think is that the as we're sitting here at the alehouse on Southside boulevard in tinseltown I'm trying to see. Are they playing the best of Tiger on our one TV from yeah. the Golf Channel right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like because anytime you can put Tiger on the television, you do it. Uh, and there's no reason not to if it is his birthday and you would have, I don't know, playing lessons uh, uh, otherwise. So, yeah, probably a smart choice on their part. Well, all only right. one bowl game live right now, yeah. so all the more reason, which uh, that bowl game, by the way, is the one, the only Duke's Mayo Bowl in yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina, which uh, NC State, the hometown, home state team, trailing Maryland 10-9 at the half. Yeah, and a little bit of a low score, uh, that's for sure. All right, let's get to the Jags. Leon mentioned maybe a low score. Uh, 23-10 to was his final. Uh, and, and look, if we go back and look at the losses, nine straight to the Houston Texans, this team has lost to that team any number of ways. One-point losses, two-point losses, blowout losses. You can go on and on and on. And this football team has not seen the right side of that scoreboard in far too long. And so we go back and we ask this basic question that I think has been, uh, it's shown itself, if that makes sense. It's shown itself over the course of the season that Doug Peterson has a plan and he will help you. If you come with him, he will help you as a player exercise some demons. And he made it extremely important to win on the West Coast, extremely important to beat your rival up in Nashville, and I say he makes it extremely important to beat Houston. Yeah, and talking to players in the locker room yesterday, that was the first bullet point many of them brought up is, you know, we haven't beaten them in four and a half years in nine tries. And so I asked, I said, is Doug really, like, you know, zeroing in on this storyline like he did 
for the Jaguars making the trip up to Nashville where they hadn't won in nine years. And most of them said, no, not really, but we're talking about it amongst each other. Yeah. Part of that, though, is because of the sour taste that was left in their mouth after that week five loss to Houston, which imagine if the team that we now see at TIA Bankfield, imagine if that team had showed up week five. Yeah. That, then we're looking at a very different situation going into week 18 in that winner-take-all AFC South showdown. Yeah, I, I just feel like you know the things that happened early in the year – this defense still has some problems, some injuries. Uh, you get, we got to talk about Dewan Smoot not being in the lineup, but getting Trayvon Walker back and Foley Fadakasi back. But this team was just kind of terrorized by a few things that they just could not get a handle on. For some reason, uh, Damian Pierce was able to get off on them. Daniel Jones was able to get off on them. And now, at the very least, it looks like Mike Caldwell is managing things a little bit better, freeing up the minds of these players a little bit more, simplifying things a bit better. And so I would like to see this football team go up there or go into Houston and look at it and just not fear. It's Royce flipping Freeman, okay? It's that's that's and it's 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 Davis Mills, it's Jeff Driscoll. Handle it. Handle it. That's what you should expect from your football team on the defensive side. And then we know on the offensive side, uh, T-Law is really starting to get a feel for every weapon that he has to, to, get the, to, to, to get the football to. In particular, Evan Ingram, which I think is critical knowing that, yes, the Texans have gone 3-0 against Trevor Lawrence running that Lovey Smith cover two defense. Mm -hmm. And so if Trevor can take what the defense gives him, if he can find that security blanket, that safety valve in the tight end, Look, he even hit Dan Arnold for a big chunk gain yeah. against the Jets on Thursday night. So I think if, if he can continue to have that rapport with his tight ends, yes, I see an easy path to victory for the Jaguars. I'll, t I'll tell you this, folks. If you're wondering how the vibes are in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room right now, if they're looking ahead to the Titans, like the Titans were looking ahead to the Jaguars by resting almost everybody last yeah. night, yeah. Um, that's not happening. That, like To the point where I'll tell you this, um, there's one player in particular who is a little banged up. He said to me, number one, he's playing. Mm -hmm. As like Leon said, you want to be a part of this ride. You want to you know, be there for your team. But I looked at him and I said, Doug seems to indicate like, you know, if you can play, you're playing. And he was like, yep. Yeah. So he's like, that's why I'll be getting treatment yeah. all day today because – they know the expectation, and I don't think that there has been that sort of standard to bring this show full circle to it, talking about the standard is the standard with Kirby Smart. Yeah. I don't think that there has been a standard of this is what is expected from you as a professional here in Jacksonville in quite some time. Yeah, it's it's you're talking about games that matter instead of I'm just clocking in, and the believability from the head coach is basically just kind of wafting through the locker room, and instead of, you know, we don't have a chance, hell yeah, we got to we, pray for them, don't pray for us, basically is how they're looking at it, and, and I feel like they can walk out on a football field, finally, first time, long time, strike a little fear in defenses because of what Christian... I threw the numbers out early, uh, earlier this week, Mia, that, A, we're talking about career highs for Christian Kirk, uh, that he's, what, 12 yards away from getting to 1,000 yards, already a career high for Zay Jones. You add up what these guys have done, and then you add up the top three playmaking receivers last year, it, like, it takes two receiving totals from last year, which was uh, Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell, and why am, why am I drawing a LaVisca blank? Chenault. Yeah, LaVisca Chenault. I was drawing a blank on him um, because he's gone. Um, but 
you took two of those to get to Christian Kirk's total, and there was still room to spare. I mean, seriously, that's how bad it was. And so this football team has gotten much more productive, and we're talking about career highs, accomplishments. When we went into this year, we said, what, the ex- what are the expectations? How many catches should Chris- Christian Kirk have? How many touchdowns should he have? Evan Ingram, the same thing. Those were really probably the two that we focused in on. And what were we at? 70 catches, 80 catches for Kirk, 1,000 yards. You need to see the end zone, 6-7. I, I think I probably said 10 times. I can't really remember. But those are reasonable numbers now. They really are. He has those numbers. 76 catches, 988 yards, seven touchdowns for Christian Kirk. Yeah. He's already reasonable hit the mark numbers. with two games to go. Yeah. Reasonable numbers. And what's crazy to think, I mean, listen, I know Zay Jones at 778, like 1,000 yards is not really mm-hmm. super realistic, but – for a guy who we've seen go off in certain games, it could happen. Yeah. I, 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 I got to believe that Zay Jones right now is having as much fun in his professional career as he has had, that he has got to be stoked about where he's at, the guy calling the plays, the fact that he's – the press Taylor said it uh, in the presser and basically said it's, it's a hot hand situation. It's how the defenders are defending them, and you're going to – there are enough good plays – to make sure that a guy is schemed open every single time. Trevor makes good decisions, and he hasn't turned over the football very often. It's like we mentioned early in the show. Dak Prescott threw some terrible footballs last night. I'm texting Coach Campo. I'm like, that is a horrible decision from the quarterback. And, you know, he agreed. And it's just like what, what is going through his head to make some of those throws? Thankfully, Trevor has basically right now overcome that. He's not making too many bad decisions right now. Can it make you feel even better? Could be Arizona. That's where the Jags found themselves just a few short years ago. They are about to be on quarterback number four of the year, Joe, because Colt McCoy experienced more concussion-like symptoms in practice. He is out Sunday. David Blau, the former Purdue quarterback, once a star of hard knocks with the Lions, We'll get the start versus the Falcons. That's wild. And, and we're talking about. That's what makes you appreciate yeah. Trevor more than anything. And they're, they're coming across the coast. They're going to play uh, a, a little-known uh, Desmond Ritter. Um, who was Blau before? Detroit? Detroit, yep. Yeah. And, I mean, he was okay. I'm trying to remember a couple of his games, you know, when he was pressed into duty. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't necessarily terrible efforts. But you take a look at it and you're like, okay, I was thinking about it. I actually was looking for this earlier, and I don't know whether J.J. can find it because uh, I was going to try and make this a, a, a funky fact, but I, I really don't have the answer right now. How many different quarterbacks have started in the National Football League this year? Mm. I'm guessing it's in the 45 neighborhood, something like that, um, and I'm going to come up with it. I'm sure one of our uh, nooners might be able to come up with it quicker than I can, but if you go through and take a look, at guys that have attempted passes this year. You know, we have seen quite a few of them. And now you said on number four down in Arizona, think of what has gone on in a number of other stops as well. Uh, It's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. It truly is. It truly is. You want to know what else is crazy? 
Uh, we got an hour and a half to go mm -hmm. on today's program, Josie, because we are going to be leading you into the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl with Frank Frangi and Shane Matthews on the national call. This is not just XL Primetime on a Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday. It yeah. is also the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl pregame show. So yep. you know we'll be diving into the Gamecocks, Notre Dame, of course, the college football playoff coming up, and lots of other great bowl games to get into, too. Uh, you are listening to a Friday edition of XL Primetime. Joe, remind the good people, though, what Friday is all about here well, on it XL is, Primetime. It's Big Hair Heavy Metal, and what I love is that you're talking New Year's Eve. You're rocking New Year's Eve anthem. You can text JJ the DJ on the text line 641-1010 and give us your best Eve anthem, the one that you got to hear, the big hair, heavy metal, or maybe one other one. We might make an exception for something that you absolutely love, New Year's Eve. So do that for us. We say thanks to First Coast Metal Roofing Supply. Metal is the look that you want right now, especially if you're a homeowner and you're replacing a new, an, an old roof. They can put it right over the top of the shingles, make it extremely affordable and safe. We're talking standing up to hurricane winds, fire resistant, just so many pluses to it, and you don't have to worry about the insurance company knocking on your door telling you every 10 years you got to replace your roof. Nope, won't happen with First Coast Metal Roofing Supply. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Right side, there it is! He knew it right away in classic Miguel Cabrera form. Stays inside that baseball, drives it the opposite way for 3,000 knots. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. JJ had some headbanging music coming back uh, as we are cranking over here at the Southside Alehouse, uh, a Bud Light feel-good Friday. That's right, Bud Light buckets all throughout your college football action, your NFL action. Make sure you drop on by Southside Alehouse right here in the Tinseltown area. As you just heard, uh, you know, just another great moment from our sports calendar in 2022, Miggy Cabrera, uh, three thousand hits and it's cool to hear the play-by-play because -play it takes you back uh and miggy's a guy that i always tell the story whenever he comes up uh michael in the middle uh, and his uh, good friend drew and a handful of little leaguers that we brought to the uh, then jacksonville suns and miggy was a carolina mudcat at the time and i want to say dontrell willis might have been there at the same time but i can't quite remember anyway um they still had the signatures of Miggy because they were playing Little League and they were Mudcats. And so I'm trying to walk them over to the Sun side, and they're like, no. We want to hang out with the Mudcats. That's we're way mud, cooler. <laughs> we're Mudcats. And so I'll never forget that. He always, and he's got that one, I don't know, tucked away. It's probably faded by now. But anyway, and he was a skinny Miggy back then. Trust me on that. And then he became a much more, uh, well, yeah. Uh, he used to build left uh, field, right, when he came up? Yeah, he could move, man. Uh, but he's much more built for first base uh, as his career evolved. That's for sure. All right, now. Uh, we're talking Jaguar football. We're talking college football playoff. I need to get back to some of these texts on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures because I want to know what you think. Is there an upset out there right now with the college football playoff, the way it is set up, seven, basically let's just call it a touchdown line between Ohio State as the dog, Georgia as the favorite, and then now an eight-point line between TCU in Michigan with the Wolverines, the favorite, where are you at? What do you think about those lines, and is there an upset? Now, I want to throw these at you. 
both of you. I was kind of surprised by this. Actually, I'm not surprised by this. I mean, this is this is a saucy nug, but this is reality as where as well. Saucy nug. Now nugs. we're trying. Yeah, we're trying to find an upset. Okay, we're trying to find an upset between these two teams. Listen to these numbers: 16 semifinal games that we've had in the history of the college football playoff. Only three have been decided by one score. Only three. In eight of them, the losing team has failed to score more than two touchdowns. Okay, I read this after I made my picks. After I took, what did I take? Eight in TCU, six and a half in Ohio State. I mean, honestly, and and as much as I'm looking forward to a 12-team playoff, that tells the story about really how lopsided these, these matchups have been, even though it's, quote, the top four teams in America. How many underdogs have won? In the college Not, football playoff, uh, the only one that really, honestly, jumps to mind was Ohio State in yeah. the in the first one because they were. Oh they were no! A, in the first one, I was even going to say Justin Fields and yeah. Ohio State over Trevor. Well, maybe that one too, but but that's the, the only two that I can think of. Wasn't Georgia an underdog last year in the title game? Uh, I can't remember that's if they true. ended up being the betting favorite. I, I, I can't remember. A Georgia fan can let us know that. Uh, if, if it's true, a Tide fan will not let us know that. But um, I know that Ohio State was a dog to Alabama in the semifinal and beat them with the uh, 12-gauge Cardell Jones, and that was their third quarterback. Yeah, and Georgia then they was went actually the- a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay, so they were a favorite. And and then they beat Oregon. I'm, I, I, I kind of feel like they might have been a dog in that game. I'm not positive. We, we, we could go back and look. But – the answer is there aren't that many uh, underdogs that have beaten the bigs, uh, you know, the, the chalk in these college football playoff games. And, that, you know, I understand that's where people get upset about the 12-team playoff because they're like, well, who's to guarantee that 12-seeded Tulane would be able to overcome fifth-seeded Alabama? And, well, yeah. yes, that, that's all well and good. There is always a chance that, I don't know, a team like South Carolina, let's say that they had somehow snuck into that 12th spot in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. You're telling me a team that's as hot as they were where they knocked off Tennessee they knocked off Clemson, that they couldn't continue that momentum into a postseason run? Yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that, but, you know, sometimes you, you just feel like I, I hope we get those types of games. That's what I am banking on. Uh, I get the feeling that we might be selling something, you know, maybe selling more sizzle than steak. But I just hope we get there. I hope things do level out and even out a little bit uh, with the NIL. But for the here and now, we have been treated to lopsided semifinal games, just the way it's been. And so if you're betting chalk, you're probably a little bit better off. I was, I was very surprised when I heard Into the Night with Rick Ballou uh, a couple of days ago, and Timmy Brando picked both dogs. Oh, really? Yeah, he picked both dogs. And I was a little surprised by that. But listen to these numbers. TCU, if you just go back and look at how they had to get it, how they ultimately had to get it done. Double overtime win over Oklahoma State after coming back from 14 points down. You go the win over Baylor, uh, a fire drill field goal as time expired. Uh, the first game against Kansas State, they fell behind 28 to 10 in the second quarter. But, you know, they, they found ways to win. And you have to give them credit for that. And that's really what I'm trying to kind of sort through. Is it a team that has shown that resilience and its ability to come back? Uh, or is it going to be the team that just kind of, I don't know, just boot stomps them well, like, like Michigan might do and just basically control the clock and play keep away? TCU, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's my propaganda of justice for TCU. If you look at TCU's games this season, I understand they're, you know, remember when, 
they weren't getting into the top four of the rankings because yeah. they weren't blowing teams out or whatever. There's something to be said if you can weather the storm of a 38-31 win over Kansas, a double overtime win over yeah. Oklahoma State, a 10-point win over K-State. I know obviously they lost to them in overtime in the Big 12 championship. A seven-point win over a ranked Texas. A one-point win over Baylor where they had a fire drill field goal to yeah. win it all. Like th- that's why I mean I see the I see the points I see the line moving in favor of the Wolverines and like I do think Michigan's going to win the game because I do think they've found something in their freshman quarterback but at the same time like this is a TCU team that is battle tested and as we've talked about on this program who has Michigan truly played Well the the idea of ranked teams going into the college football I think it might have been going into championship Saturday TCU had faced more uh, and Michigan had had a struggle against Illinois for a little while. Of mm-hmm. uh, struggle, I'm trying to think who who the other team that they struggled Penn against. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. Their uh, one ranked opponent before Ohio State. But here's the other part of that. Okay, Ohio State and Penn State. You take actually a look no, at, they ran. Well, they ended up running past Penn State, 41-17. But it was yeah, a struggle early on. Early on, and then they ended up kind of drilling them. And then I think Ohio State and Penn State kind of played closer. And then Michigan blows out Ohio State in the shoe. And so there, one game does not necessarily tell you the story about the next game. And, and I've learned that lesson so many uh, times in a, in a very painful way. But you just, you're trying to figure out whether or not styles, whether the speed, the ability of Max Duggan to be a runner, if they're going to be able to defense, uh, if it's going to make things tough for Michigan to defend them. And I don't know. I, I bag on the Big 12 as much as anybody. I'm like, come on, there's no defense being played in that league. It's, it's just like the Pac-12. We're going to find out. We're going to find out whether or not that that Big 12 product that Sonny Dykes has put together, uh, the, the Horn Frogs can play both sides of the ball. Can they score and can they defend against Michigan? Correct and then they'll I'm, get a little respect if they can. Correct me if I'm wrong. First non-Oklahoma Big 12 representative in the playoff. Uh, that sounds right. I know that Oklahoma State was close a couple of times. They weren't able to yeah, do it. Yeah, they got it. beat by Baylor last year in the Big um, 12 TCU's championship. been in there. Oh, gosh, maybe. I'm thinking no, once, TCU but maybe TCU was not. supposed to be in there that first year, and then they got boxed out. Yeah, and then Baylor also got boxed out. Yeah, so it might be. It might be. And Oklahoma's had their share of misery in the postseason and then also the you know a few successes. Uh, Georgia and Oklahoma going out to the Rose Bowl a couple years back was an unbelievable game. Yep. And, uh, and, and that was one where Georgia came close that year. Uh, but there does need to be a little respect on the Big 12 side, and the only way they're ever going to get that is by actually beating somebody, honestly. I mean, the reason why we talk about the champions and, 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 and how lopsided things are is because when we get to the, quote, quote, biggest of ball games at the end of the year, they're blowouts. So who, they're are, blowouts. You, who are you more confident in? In terms of, we've talked about the dogs, but in terms of, well, the underdogs, I should say. In terms of the favorites, who are you more confident in? Michigan or Georgia? Georgia. And and, and honestly, the way Stetson has been in this arena, on this stage before, the way he is taking care of the football and not made, you know, dumb decisions and can take off and, and, and move and make plays with his feet, and the fact that I don't know how healthy McConkie's going to be, but boy, did that that dude show up uh, in the uh, championship game. And so, if he's healthy, I don't, I don't know if he's practiced a ton this week. But then also, just take a look at all the you know the dudes on the on the on the defensive side. That's what's got them fired up. So we'll we'll keep it going. You guys can hit the text line to Zombie Lifetime Enclosures. Let us know what you're thinking about that game, the, the Michigan 
chance of just kind of drilling TCU and sending another message that they don't belong in the playoff, we'd love to hear from you. 641-1010. It is a big hair heavy metal Friday with First Coast Metal Roofing Supply right here at the Ale House on Southside. Hendon Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches, throws. It is caught. Did they get the timeout? Brew McCoy. Chase McGrath for the win for the Volunteers. From 40. On the way, a knuckleball. He got it. And here they come. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. Oh, what could have been? What could have been, Josie? And here they come. Such a <laughs> darn good call, too. Yeah. <sighs> well. You're, you're talking about uh, unleashing caged hounds that have been uh, hungry for a long, long time. What did we uh, What did we say? Our big debate that week with Matt Hayes about the uh, the hatchets, or what was it? The uh, what J- was it? JJ, what what was uh, what was Matt concerned about people bringing onto the field when Tennessee oh, yeah, yeah. defeated yeah. Alabama? Uh, a shiv, a shiv, the shivs, yeah. yes, a shiv. the shivs. And and uh, all I know is that they brought cigars in. That's for sure because they they got the new tradition uh, that they they want to light up if they and look they hadn't it had been. 15 years uh and so they yeah they partied and they partied and they partied never forget shivgate 2022 yeah, yeah, exactly. final, final broadcast for us uh, on xl primetime of 2022 we will look forward to seeing you in 2023 yeah. but in the interim um before we look ahead to the eve of the eve well, I love the Modelo moments that JJ's put together. Just going back and reminding us of some of the great moments. And look, we saw we 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 saw a lot of great ones throughout the course of this season. That's for sure. Uh, one on the text line is I my lifetime enclosures even brought up Ovechkin uh, with his uh, career making. Uh, goals this year and definitely uh, was a big moment if you're a hockey fan for sure. Now this one, you know, that was a happy moment someone was suggesting. Now someone else on the text line just really refuses to be happy and I always worry about these individuals, especially when they've got a new year not to look forward to. Apparently that's how they do it. They don't look forward to the new year. They, they don't want to look forward to anything. Can you please stop with the Jaguar hype? Great. They're almost in the playoffs. The reality is they have a losing record, and the conference they're in sucks. Please don't get that excited about a team that has still lost more games than they have won and are backing into the playoffs in one of the worst conferences in football. I'm a big Jaguar fan, but this hype is ridiculous. We're worst divisions, first of all, because AFC is far superior to the (laughs) NFC. So So, get your your facts straight first. Continue. And I do love that last part. I'm a big Jaguar fan, but this is ridiculous. Um, I don't know, bro, or – I don't know. I don't know what the pronouns are right now, but I'm just saying uh, it's time to get excited, okay? I, I, I mean, I have, I have dealt with despair and, 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 and lack of hope for far too long, and I've gone from a, you know, a doom day in December guy to I'm pretty, pretty stoked about what's happening. I don't know, and, and, and I told you all before, how about we get to a winning record before we go crazy? So, you know, I've been in this camp a little bit, but I also see what is happening, and it's, and, and it's fun. How about it being fun? Would Tell- you rather be a Titan right now? Just, 
you know, sitting in a, in a, in a vat of mayonnaise, losing game after game after game. No, I, I like where this team is at right now. What's the number on that one? Uh, let's see here. Which one? Ohio, which, which one? The very, very anxious, uh, angsty Jack oh, fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The angry one is the 318. Okay, so 318. Um, you can always go to the NFC South. That's where the real bad teams play. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that the Jaguars are world beaters. I'm not saying the Tennessee Titans are world beaters and definitely not the other two teams that play in the AFC South. Um, but trust me, you should look on the other side of the state. The highlight well, of their week is Blaine Gabbert, which rightfully so, rescuing yeah. four people from a helicopter crash. Well, I, I like that you said that because here's one that, that is just as far as the betting action goes. As a matter of fact, J.J., let's crank this up because, you know, we need to do a little eye test as far as what is going on in the National Football League. Two weeks remaining in the regular season. So if we can get a little NFL Films music going, uh, the eye test, we say thanks to Dr. Robert Sniffer and the Jacksonville Eye Center. And you're talking about the premier ophthalmologist in Jacksonville. I had LASIK from Doc back in the late 90s and then came back again for an enhancement because that's the technology that's out there about, what, 15 years later? That's how great it is, and being able to see is king. Tossing contacts, tossing glasses, and being able to see 2020 and 2023. You need to find out about him, and you can find out about their champagne special, 30% off LASIK. Make sure you get in touch with them, 355-5555 is the number for the Jacksonville Eye Center. And I'm just looking at some numbers, okay? These is, you know, these sort of little eye-popping. The Bucks, you just mentioned them. They are 3-11-1 against the spread this year. If you're trying to figure out which way to go, uh, Carolina might be a money line choice because they are a three-point dog going down to Tampa. The Bucks are an NFL worst, 3-11-1 against the spread, and that includes 1-11-1 in the last 12 games. I don't know when uh, – I'm telling Tom. you, Blaine Gabbert's the highlight of the month, not <laughs> yeah. just the week, the month down there. Uh, I did uh, I did enjoy on the text line when one of our uh, Nooners pointed out that the only reason Blaine was there to save those uh, people that came out of the choppers because an errant pass from him hit the chopper and brought it down into the ocean uh, uh, off of Davis Island. Uh, the Bengals, I think all did, a lot of you like the Bengals. I think mm-hmm. I know I went on the – Bills side. The Bengals are 11 and 1 in their last 12 games against the spread. They have been red hot. If we look at other ones, teams now 0 and 13 the week after playing the 49ers. Huh. How about that? What? And so you're starting to look at some of these trends. We've seen line moves because of injuries. The biggest line movement so far this week, and this is from our buddy Jimmy Shapiro. Uh, the Miami-New England game went from Miami minus two to plus three because of the obvious, the Tua head injury. San Francisco-Las Vegas, after Derek Carr not only got benched, he just got up and packed his stuff up and left. It went from minus six to minus nine and a half, a three and a half point swing. Uh, and Carolina went from three and a half to five and a half, a two point swing. So we'll see where these go. But as we look at playoff scenarios, who are we rooting for as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars are concerned? We talked about teams that you want to make sure are successful this weekend. You need to be a fan of certain teams to make sure that if Jacksonville were to somehow or another, I'm playing right into the texter's hands, if somehow or another they were to lose this game and they were having to look at the wild card option, let me just give it to you. The Jaguars can only make the playoffs as a wild card team if they finish eight and nine with a victory over the Texans and a loss to Tennessee. If they finish seven and 10, they're out. 
If they finish 9-8, and eight, they will be the AFC South champions. So that's basically how it's housed. But if, with that 8-9, and nine, they need X amount of things to fall their way. Yeah, they need a loss. That is, if they finish 8-9 and nine, with a loss to the Texans and a victory over Tennessee, they will be AFC South champions. They can make the postseason as a wild card at 8-9 and nine if New England beats Miami. So that's who you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. And Seattle beats the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. And then the Jets go on to beat Miami in Week 18. Buffalo beats New England in Week 18. And Pittsburgh loses to Cincinnati or Baltimore. That's a lot of stuff that has to happen, but it could happen. That's why it's kind of nice that, in reality, the only scenario you should truly be focusing on, and it seems like the Jags locker room is focusing on, win next week. Yeah. I mean, that is and, the, win, and win this week for what it's worth. Right. That's the best scenario. But it's like we've said, and, and again, I'm not pom-poming my way through this. I'm simply saying you've lost to a team nine, nine times, nine different ways. Beat that butt, okay? That's really what you have to do. And, yeah, I'm trying to speak it into existence, but I, I am a Peterson believer because of the job that he has been able to do in the play of, of not just Trevor Lawrence, but the play of these other offensive weapons that have that have emerged uh, defensively. Yeah, there's still a, a ton of concerns on that side of the ball. But who do you see in Houston that kind of strikes fear right now? Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the and wild. that's only because uh, Chris Trevler and the Wildcat yeah, the, the wrecked wild a little card. bit of havoc on the Jags last yeah. week, but that was because they weren't expecting it. They'll be ex- expecting Jeff Driscoll this week. Real right. quick before we hit the break, yeah. here's a saucy zinger, saucy nug, whatever we want to call it today. Yeah, in, saucy honor of the in honor of Miller's Ale House, uh, where we currently are broadcasting from. The Jaguars' total offensive rankings from 2018 to 2021. 27th in the league, 20th in the league. 28th, 27th. The Jaguars in 2022, 6th. Yeah, that's beautiful. If that's not if that's not a major, major, major step forward, I mean, think about it. Uh, again, we're not trying to tell you something that doesn't exist. We're looking at it like things are starting to happen, are starting to exist. That's what you got to be thinking about. We're not just drinking the teal Kool-Aid, folks. Yeah. We promise. We oh. promise. We're also just trying to send you with some good vibes into the 2023, yeah. the new yeah. year. Come on. Enjoy. Things are good. Things are good. Your Jaguars are competitive, and there's college football on the television. We're going to dive into that South Carolina-Notre Dame matchup that's going to be taking place just a couple miles away from where we are broadcasting right now, that being over at TIAA Bank Field, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, that and a whole lot more coming up next on XL Primetime. There goes the runner, fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker, this time they finish the job. The Houston Astros, world champions. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. I know like the Houston Astros. I don't like them, but I'm sure. Uh, Neither do I. Yeah. For, for Old J- feelings die hard. Doesn't matter if you play in the American League or the National League. Yep. And for, for JJ's sake and Fat Tony and Pross and all the other Braves fans out there, they were at least happy that it didn't go Philadelphia's way, that it ended up going Houston's way. So highlights, Modelo moments uh, throughout 2022 as we hang out with you at the Southside Ale House right here in Tinseltown. And uh, I got to get back to this text line because they are after the fake Jaguar fan. They've already described him as a fake Jaguar fan, so we'll get to that. But first, let's do a little that. That just happened. Brought to you by 
Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The injury report for your Jacksonville Jaguars is out. No players have been ruled out of this Sunday's game against the Houston Texans in Houston. Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Wingard, Trayvon Walker, Ross Matisic, Brandon Chirp, and Foley Fadukasi all listed as questionable for this Week 17 matchup. Okay, all right. All, all six of those players also practiced in some capacity yeah. this afternoon with Andrew Wingard, the only one of them that was a full participant in today's practice. The others were all limited. Well, I think when we're, when we're looking at the, the health of this football team, even though we, you're talking Cam, you're talking Dewan Smoot, talking significant guys, both sides of the line of scrimmage that are gone, which is, which is just a shame for both. But Walker Little's been able to step up. Trayvon Walker coming back. Mentioned the other guys. and uh, it, Play them. Make sure you keep your rhythm up. Make sure you have as many bodies that are talented to go out and get the job done as possible. Honestly, that's how you got to look at it. So Trayvon, for what it's worth, when I spoke with him in the locker room yesterday, he walked in from practice, normal, cleats, no limping, nothing. Um, mm-hmm. As he was leaving, he did have on one of those similar um, – the sturdy casts. What does Doc call them? What does Dr. Bari call them? What what uh, what uh, Trevor's been wearing? Oh, I, just a pad. Yeah, a, yeah. He had one the of those shoe pad. I yep, think he had one of those on his shoe. So because of the imbalance, he had a little bit of a limp, but otherwise yeah. he walked in with cleats. Totally looked okay. So yeah. looks like he will play. Yeah, and and he's a guy that they've limited in practice, which is perfectly fine with me too. Especially when you get this late in the year. Uh, they were talking earlier, Josh Allen up in Buffalo, that he's a guy that feels like he needs to practice but they were also limiting him a little bit. And so uh, I, I like the fact that just do your walkthrough, stay prepared. Yeah, you, you need the reps, but at the same time, a lot of good work has gotten done to this point. Uh, so keep rolling with it. All right, off the text line, after we had, I don't know, an unhappy pretend Jaguar fan, I have, I have no idea, can you please stop with the Jaguar hype? Uh, then the rest just kind of just pounced on this ladder last uh, off the text line. Now let's see here. Um, off the text line, let's see here. Uh, I got that, this one. Yeah, that guy sounds like one of uh, one of the ones that Trevor was an overrated dude and now realizes he sounded like an idiot. Uh, L-I-A-R. I'm a big Jaguars fan, but uh, says one of them, liar. I got another one, 8518, about the person who didn't want us to get excited in his defense. It's the Jags' fault that he's yeah. thinking like this because we've been nothing but let down over the past 15 years. But personally... I think we're past all that with Dougie P and the Prince. Yeah, loser, phony, Jag fan, uh, says one of them. If you can't articulate division versus conference, (laughs) can you really be a Jaguar fan? Weak sauce, bro. As we talk about the Jaguars injury report, I do want to get to Cole on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Hi, Cole. We see you texting in. Don't worry, buddy. Um, He had texted in a couple hours ago now, since obviously we're going to be with you till 3.30 ahead of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. He said, how do we feel about Jeffrey Simmons, the Titans' defensive tackle, sitting in the box suite of last night's Thursday night game at Nissan Stadium? It's one thing not to play injured, but to be sitting in the box while your teammates are battling on the field. It was surprising for me to see from a Mike Brabel-led team who is supposed to be the blue-collar baller. It's not good. Uh, we, we did ask Cole, we did ask uh, Big Sirs before he headed out about this, and he said that, like, he, he was like, really? Like, it, was he hurt? Like, like, was it just purely precautionary? And, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons did practice in some capacity throughout the course of the week leading up to this game and then ultimately yeah. was ruled out. Uh, now, now, we were looking at Paul Kaharski and his uh, – he basically was tweeting out almost every soundbite for Mike Vrabel, and I don't know that that Simmons question came up, did it? 
Uh, I don't remember seeing it, but, but the bottom line is Jeffrey Simmons has been a force. Uh, Danico Autry, all those guys along the front, when healthy, are a formidable bunch. I mean, they are not easy to control and block. Uh, and to not have him, he is a major disruptor. And if you're talking about a guy that uh, he, he's not had any questions, really, that I can think of since turning pro. Remember all the stuff he had way back when? came through, had a significant knee injury, was still drafted fairly high, and has been a pretty sturdy guy uh, in the interior since then, that's not a good look. And, look, Vrabel's trying to handle a lot of things, and I do give him credit for at the least patchwork piecing it together, but I'll have no problem uh, looking forward to saying suck it, Mike Vrabel, next Sunday uh, or Saturday night uh, if Jacksonville – gets to take the Titans uh, to town and just kind of beat them to death a little bit. That would be fine with me. What about the box suite part of it? If it really was true, he watched the game from a box. I, I, I know George Kittle, they forced him to when he was out with injury yeah. last year or earlier this year, and he was, like, upset. He, well, like, didn't want to watch from the owner's suite. I, I just know that you have seen in the press box, which I know you know, and, and if you have, you have – either injured or rehabbing players that are often brought up there and just moved through that area and, and sat down in a suite. And it's not uncommon. Um, they're not up there partying. They're just basically given, hey, you guys need to go ahead and hang out here and watch this game. Some of them do stay on the sidelines. Other ones go up there. I, so I don't know. I just know there. it sounds like there's more to that story. That's for sure. Uh, I do love on the text line design my lifetime enclosures. We, we, we gave the first three numbers of the texter. Uh, 318. Uh, from another one, 318 shoots a 140, wears boxers and baggies at the beach, and probably doesn't have a date Saturday night. Uh, Duval till we die. So they're having fun, that's for sure. But look, dude, I, I, the only time to have fun is when you can't have fun, right? I mean, that's basically how I look at it, uh, is that you basically, because if, if you're in the land of Suckville, you can't really have a whole lot of fun. And so you might as well have it when you can. All right? That's it. What have you had to celebrate yeah. on the football front in the last five years? Yeah, not a whole hell of a lot. That's a half a decade, people. Not a whole hell of a lot. But we're going to be celebrating into 2023, the eve of the eve. We are hanging out here, and I'm telling you, Alabama's cranking right now. I I love the Ale House. I, I've never heard so much country music come out of the Ale House. I, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked and by their throwback, playlist. And it's throwback, too. It's throwback. I know. I'm a little bit shocked because we got, like, a diverse group of people in here, and we had a little metal earlier, but we've had a lot of country that has been kicked out here. Uh, so if I'm knee-slapping while J.J.'s playing Metallica or something like that, you'll have to uh, forgive me. All right, we are hanging out until 3.30. The kickoff of the Tax Layer Gator Bowl will be coming up right after we are off the air. So hang out with us. Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or drop by the Ale House and enjoy a cold Bud Light, maybe a bucket of them. Scheffler outshines them all at Augusta. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. We are still taking your big hair, heavy metal song suggestions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. 641-1010, the number to reach DJ JJ back at 1010XL headquarters with. And keep those song suggestions coming because we are with you for an extra 30 minutes. You heard that right. Mia O'Brien, Josie, JJ back in JJville getting you set for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. We are live at the Ale House on Southside Boulevard in Tinseltown. A lot of Gamecock fans we see, some Notre Dame 
team fans. Uh, we see Navy fans as well. Listen, all the college football fans making their way over here to the Ale House in Tinseltown because it's college football bowl season, Josie. Oh, yeah. And that's and that's something I do want to talk about real quick, just the concept of the bowl season, knowing that we are headed towards a 12-team playoff, not knowing fully just yet how that will affect the rest of the bowl games that we see each year. Yeah. We've already seen bowl games in general outside of the playoff devalued over the past five, six years or so, beginning with Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey when they opted out of their bowl games. So those were some pretty high-profile bowl games as well back in 2017. And ever since then, we've seen more and more players opt to be preparing for the NFL draft or more recently because they're entering the transfer portal yeah. and not playing in bowl games. So uh, because we are with you for three and a half hours today, you knew you weren't escaping an XL primetime without an Iowa Hawkeye reference. Um, uh -huh. Kirk Ferentz currently meeting with reporters ahead of the Music City Bowl in Nashville. He was asked about All-American linebacker Jack Campbell and Senior Bowl soon-to-be corner Riley Moss, who's expected to be a day two or a day three pick in this upcoming NFL draft. He was asked about those two players choosing to play in the bowl game in an era of opt-outs. After saying he doesn't judge anyone for their decision to opt-out or not, Ferentz choked up and had to pause for a few seconds before saying how much it meant to him and his program that those guys chose to play. Well, I, I, I like any head coach that props up any of his players for, for, for playing and being available. And Yeah, I'm kind of old school when it comes to that, but I totally get why guys are doing what they're doing now. I, I said to you before when, when we were looking at this tweet is that it is a different world. There just ain't nothing we can do about it, and, and, and some of it's good, some of it's not so good. I'm, I'm happy for every player that is now in a more power position, but it takes away. It's like we're talking with Corey Miller yesterday, uh, Hall of Famer from South Carolina, and, of course, Leon, Hall of Famer from, from the U. There will be less Hall of Famers at each university. Why? Because they may not be there that entire time. And there may be a guy that you may not think of as a Hall of Famer that will be a Hall of Famer. Why? Because he stayed there for four years and played. And it's just different. I love the fact, hell, I, uh, I think it was Matt and I that went at it toe-to-toe -to -toe last year about Kyle Trask playing uh, in, the, in the bowl, or two years ago, in the bowl game. I had no problem with it. I wanted him to play. I wanted him. And, and, the, and my main argument was not it – was, it was actually Kyle Trask getting to play one more college football game. He had not played that many football games. And they said, oh, it's just going to hurt his draft stock. Well, it, it, it might have. I have no idea. He ended up going the second round. We haven't seen a whole hell of a lot from him. So, actually, I didn't think it hurt him. It didn't hurt him that much at all. Uh, but, anyway, I like seeing the guys play. I think the guys remember playing. Right. And maybe it's an old-school mentality, but being in the Jaguars locker room yesterday, there were several players, not just one, but several players that came up to me when I was asking them about their alma mater playing in a bowl game. And you go down the line of the guys on the Jaguars from Josh Allen yeah. to Brandon Scherf to uh, like Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he was playing in the playoff. Yeah. All those guys played in the last college game that they were eligible to play in. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's why I think for those guys now having made it to the highest of high stages, they still look back fondly on those experiences because for a lot of those guys, whether it's Josh at Kentucky or someone else, they built that program. So why would you not see it to its end? Yeah, it's it's fleeting. It, it, it has gone so fast, and it's a memory that they cling to and hang on to. And I know that sounds really, you know, Pollyanna and all that kind of stuff, but Leon lives that. Okay, you see this guy. Coach Campo said it yesterday. Yeah. He said he identifies his as a Miami Hurricane former memories. coach than as the former head coach of yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, his best memory 
memories. And so you you don't necessarily know it then, but you realize it later. And, and this is, you know, old man, get off my lawn saying this, but whatever. I just feel like these guys are so ready to hit the fast forward button and instead of the old line, be where your feet are, just enjoy it. Everyone was, well, what if you get hurt? What if this happens? What if this ha-? It usually doesn't happen. And you can play and enjoy the hell out of it. And, and I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. What's that line from Andy Bernard in the office? Is there a way to recognize and know you're in the good old days while yeah. you're still in them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you should. I would love to be able to do that uh, because I sit there and I'm like, I would like to go back in time for a variety of reasons. But one of them is to play football again because that's it's just such a good feeling. And these guys, you know, they know that they've got so much in front of them. They can't wait to get there. Well, it just happens. We are living in the good old days here at uh, the Yale House on Southside Boulevard, Joe C., in the year of our Lord, 2022, in Duval mm-hmm. County, because we've got Jaguar football that's still meaningful to talk about, and we've got a bowl game happening right here in the River City. Yeah, I'm happy for all the Gamecock fans that have made it in here. A bunch of them have come to the L House, and then they said, uh, see ya. They're heading down uh, to the game, and kickoff is not that far away. You're going to be able to hear it right here on uh, the Superstation. Frank Frangi on the call, Shane Matthews with the color, uh, which will be fun. Uh, Frangi goes, i got to call two games in four days, and I'm like, you know, Come on, come on, you're a warrior, you're a warrior. But it'll be fun uh, for the Notre Dame fans if they can come out on top. I think it was a three-and-a-half-point line. Does that sound right? I think Correct. it moved to three-and-a-half points. And then, of course, you've got the South Carolina said that, side that's saying, you know what, let's just soak this bad boy up. We all of a sudden came alive in the second half of the season, and Shane Beaver is selling the heck out of that. You better believe it uh, as he gets ready for this game. And if they come out on top, did it move? Yes. Yeah. It actually just moved to the Fighting Irish, now a five-point favorite. Oh. I don't know what oh. I don't know what's happening in Shane Beamerland, but somebody's doubting the Gamecocks. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, all right, here we are, half hour away, and it has moved that much. We mentioned some of the lines in the NFL, uh, how they have moved. Uh, we'll find out about that one. All right, we steam into the 3 o'clock hour. We are here at the Ale House right here in Sa- on Southside Boulevard in Tinseltown. Come on by, Bud Light Buckets, all sorts of big televisions with all the big games, including the Taxayer Gator Bowl coming up in just a bit. Boy, these sell- these. Warriors are ready to celebrate. And that'll do it. It's over. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. The fourth title in eight years. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. Cranking out the big hair, heavy metal, in honor of New Year's Eve tomorrow night, the eve of the eve. We're celebrating it and rolling until 3.30 this afternoon. If you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Well, yeah, XL Primetime is uh, still owning the daytime as we're taking you to 3.30, the kick of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl with the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You just heard cutting down the nets, the Golden State Warriors again. And that was honestly one of the – they're not they're not a comeback story by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, for Steph Curry to come through injury and he's heck looking looking around, he's injured again, but for him to come back and for them to put it all together, for Clay Thompson to have a few of his big moments after everything he went through, uh, I'm not a 
not a Golden State Warriors fan by any stretch of the imagination. I root for the purple and gold uh, down in L.A., but that was a pretty damn good story for them last year. Because for what it's worth, it was worst to first. I understand they were yeah. in first yeah. many of the seasons before that, yeah. but the fall from grace, and yes, a lot of it was obviously injury, the result of significant injuries, but they had two seasons that, thankfully because of a pandemic, a lot of people didn't realize how bad things were out in San Francisco. The fact that they opened this brand-new massive arena and yeah. it has to be played in front of no fans, and the game that was being played wasn't all that much of basketball because half of their starting roster was hurt. Yeah. And so the fact that they were able to emerge from the pandemic as NBA champions, I'm sure there's a lot of casual NBA fans who are looking around like, wait, they were bad? Yeah, they had, they, 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 had, they had top five picks in back-to-back yeah. drafts? And who would, have, who would have known months later Draymond would haul off and hit Donald Poole right in the face? Uh, who would have thunk it? But that's the way the chemistry was real for, the, for them then, and then it kind of whatever was fractured after that. But they're a good basketball team. Um, Steve Kerr is, is a good coach. Steph Curry is one of the greatest players that we have seen. There, there. I don't think there's too much debate there. He does it a different way, but he does it a damn good way, that's for sure. Uh, and so you definitely can can count on, um, you know, that type of effort from them year in and year out. I can't count on anything down in Lakerland. It's just ridiculous. Um, anyway, that's 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 neither here nor there. i got to give you some numbers. Okay, give me some numbers. All right. Jacksonville and the Texans. Yes. And you guys can keep it coming on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. If nothing, uh, we fired up the real Jaguar fan base with the fake Jaguar fan base basically saying, uh, you know, this is fake news. <laughs> I mean, basically, this is fake news uh, that was coming across as far as the excitement that we have in the city of Jacksonville. Um uh, and I did appreciate one on the text line uh, that basically said, you know, kind of stood up for the for the texter, which I, you know, I was a little shocked when I saw it, but I understand, you know, why it was written and why it was texted, uh, and it was coming straight from Urban Miller. I agree with the diehard Jacks fan. Uh, quit hyping the Jacks, and so that I get. Thank you, um, Urban. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, but, by the way, the Miller Electric Performance Center, yeah. uh, looking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it so, is. So, uh, so listen, we appreciate the Urban Miller Memorial yeah, Electric uh, yeah, Performance he, Center. Uh, the Urban Miller Memorial Ice Cream Machine, by the way, uh-huh. not operational for today's tax layer Gator Bowl. Thank you to our yeah. good friend Gary Smitter for alerting me. Now, this is from uh, one of our listeners, our nooners. Uh, I'm calling this new group of players and coaches the erasers slowly and surely erasing the doubts of our past one game at a time up next houston and so i I honestly that's the way it it should feel for a jaguar fan who has been through hell okay they've been through football hell all right let me give you these numbers speaking of football hell trevor lawrence has been outstanding this year but just for what it's worth taking you back in time against the Houston Texans he is still looking for his first win I love his soundbite from earlier this week you know we haven't beaten this team I've played him three times and we haven't won in three starts Lawrence a pedestrian 55.1 percent completion percentage 276 passing yards per game three touchdowns five interceptions and his passer rating was 65.4 so that is not very tidy and so hey trev this is the one another one that you can say hey got over that hurdle because he's got to come out and be an efficient fairly mistake-free guy that he's become and he's got to do it again against a team that he's played three times now and hasn't beaten him that's for sure 
How has he not beaten the Texans? I don't know. I hey, listen, I guaranteed a walk-in win last year, you know, the beginning of the Urban Era. Oh, man, I was so hyped. J.J. can attest to this. I was so full of crap. Uh, and, you know, I bet big, I bet early, and uh, and I was a loser. Uh, and this team walked out of Houston uh, with another, uh, you know, beating. And it was a double-digit beating by a guy that, didn't even last as their head coach. <laughs> David Cully was the coach at the beginning of the year last year, and it's just it's just insane. It how, really is. How are you holding up there back at JJville, one John LaSelva Jr.? Yeah. Uh, I'm curious your take as I see our good friend John Shipley of uh, Sports Illustrated Jaguar Report noting that he believes after that Jaguars injury report came out that Walker, Trayvon Walker, Foley Fadokasi, Brandon Scherf will all play. We obviously know Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Winger will play. He says the only question is Ross Matisic. JJ, if you're Doug Peterson, are you resting those first three guys I mentioned? Uh, you're coming to me for a Ross Matisic take. Uh, no, um, no, 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 Ross, I, no, no, Ross no, Matisic. Yeah, I yes. would rest Trevor and, and so pretty much everybody. Trevor. Yeah, no reason. To, I don't. This game means nothing. I don't understand why everyone's so adamant about having them play. I'm playing. Uh, I just why? look at it and I, uh, because uh, you're going to go down that road where you're going to go wide risk injury. And, and honestly, yes. I don't care. I'm, try, I'm trying to get to more than 500 football. But I'm that trying doesn't to keep matter. It. Like, well, it doesn't well, matter what uh, your record is if you're in the playoffs. What matters yeah, but, is if somebody beats the left tackle Walker Little and, you know, breaks Trevor's leg on Sunday it, right. in and, a game and, that uh, means literally nothing. Right, but I, I know that we can go down the, you know, what if this happens, what if that happens, but it's still 60 minutes of football and trying to build a winner. And I think this team needs to stay in rhythm. They need to stay together and get more snaps, more reps, and do the things that they've been doing for them to actually be dangerous in the postseason. And that's just, I mean, I, you're not going to convince me otherwise. I don't think uh, a game against Houston, you know, three weeks before the playoffs start, has wouldn't do anything for them in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I guess, honestly, I am just a believer of getting everything humming and everything right. And I don't want to walk in, honestly, uh, with a below 500 record and call myself a champ, okay? I, I want to – if I'm – if I'm in that locker room, I want to keep buying what Doug Peterson is selling, and that's going out and playing every snap, winning. Do, did Dewan Smoot expect to get injured last week? Hell no. Uh, does it mean yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. Other? So why have another uh, game where you, these guys well, can risk getting injured? I, I, because that's what you, you accept every time you step onto the field. You accept there is but a possibility. But if you take of one of the games away, then that possibility is automatically cut in half. Yeah. No, I, I get. I get. I totally get the argument, but. This team, I just don't feel like has accomplished enough or is good enough to say, hey, we've got it. They need to keep working on everything that they're doing. I didn't say that either. Yeah, they yeah, still have to beat yeah. the Titans. That's the only right. game that matters, so that's why you right. rest everyone. I'm not saying they've accomplished anything. I'm no, saying I, you rest so, everyone so they win the game that matters so they can accomplish something. Right, right. No, I totally I totally get the argument. Um, one off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Joe C. just got tickets for the playoff game, and Jack's going to load up on Funky Buddha and visit the L House while in town. Uh, and that's from uh, Sleeve. And so I, I love it. I mean, because when you come into town, get fired up and be all about you know this Jaguar team changing your mind changing your you know your belief in them because it was the same old Jags for so long uh, and now you're seeing so many good things happen with this football team not saying it's going to care but I just know that the more things the more things you can put a stake in the better off I am honestly and, and, and so this is the Demogorgon, all right, that won't die. Uh, this is in, in the upside down, and you just can't get out of there. 
imagine being in the upside down where you keep losing to a Texans team nine different ways, nine straight times. It's got to be eight to eight different quarterbacks, seven or eight. Stake in them, okay? That would make me feel damn good. Sixty minutes later, and and I that's the only way I can look at it, and hopefully it will continue uh, to feel that way for for those guys in that locker room. That's for sure. Uh, you play hard. You can walk. You can, you know, whatever. They can toss them a towel. They can say you can sit out the second half. But go get yourself a lead and go win this damn game. The That's text, how I'm looking the at it. The text line is also coming for JJ right now. Uh-huh. But I won't read them because JJ is absolutely entitled to his no, opinion. This guy, quite I, frankly, I, I, don't I agree. I, I don't care. Like, did the, right, did the guy no, ever no. play a sport? That's your yeah. response to my argument. Like I said, please tell me about your prestigious career, uh, 285. Uh, here's what and, I want. And this guy, this, sound, he sounds so whiny. No, why? Because I'm not agreeing with the Jags' right. takes. Because you're playing strategy. Yeah, I honestly think it's really dumb to act yeah, like this game means anything. It, it, well, yeah. JJ, if Trevor gets to, this yeah. is football. People get hurt. We just saw Smoot untouched gets hurt mm-hmm. out for the season. Yep. Maybe, you know, maybe next year. You know, he's a free agent like this. This is not baseball. This isn't basketball. You can't just, hey, we got to stay in rhythm. We'll play maybe a half here. Like, no, these guys are literally in a car accident every single play. If you can get them out of the game and not risk injury, I would do it. I think it's – I hope something doesn't happen this week. Well, part of that, JJ, too, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, like for from a, from the other football, from the soccer perspective, because you see across the pond so many of these teams in the European leagues, they're focused on their in-season, their EPL, let's say, for example, but then they also may be playing in the Champions League. And so sometimes you'll rest starters for a meaningless EPL game if you know you have a Champions League game coming up. Yeah. So I, I think that's uh, also part uh, of it, too. Uh, it is strategy in other sports, and so we, why should it not be in football? Also, here's well, a guy. Yeah. Who knows what the loss to the Texans? would do to the psyche of the players if no starters are playing and they lose to the texans you really think the team's gonna be like oh my god we're done right, let's, there's no let's way it, we can beat the titans now like let's, you got that's another asinine you know there yes there is wild hey, card implications to this but there yeah. you have to get six games like six it's, games have to go your way it's all about tennessee man one side of the argument versus the other. There ain't nothing ever bad about that. I will end on this one because this one makes me smile. J.J. in rest mode uh, because his Hurricanes rested their starters the whole season. That makes me smile. It is XL primetime from the alehouse. About to send you downtown to the bank uh, with uh, Frank Frangie, Shane Matthews, as they will have the call for the Tax Layer Gator Bowl after we wrap it up over here at the alehouse. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Brought to you by First Coast Metal Roofing Supply, where metal raises the roof on quality. Before we put a bow on this Friday edition of XL Primetime and get you ready, one last go round of South Carolina Notre Dame prep ahead of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I Can do I just let out a big yell right oh, now. Go just, for it. Go for it. Woo! I'm just just a little fired. You're ready to go. We've been sitting here sure. at the alehouse for the three, three, three and a half hours Never having a blast. We, we love it's our like nooners that came out to say hi. These guys are drinking beer. They, I mean, no Matt Hayes, but Joe, wait. Joe, myself, JJ back at JJville. Of course, Leon was here earlier, folding down the fort. Um, I do want to hit at that from the NFL real quick okay. before we get back to college football. That just. Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
The Eagles have officially listed quarterback Jalen Hurts as doubtful for Sunday's game with a shoulder injury. So it appears another week of Gardner Minshew as QB1 in Philadelphia is on the horizon. We've never heard that it was a broken clavicle or anything like that, but it doesn't mean you can't have some serious injury up there. The AC joint was mentioned by Geo, so who knows. But that loss last week it was because of a couple of really just, I'm not even going to call them unlucky plays, just the way it went. One was just Miles Sanders just fumbling the ball, and I, I, I hold these close to my heart because I had Philadelphia plus five, you savages. Uh, how, how I lost that game, I don't know, but it was those two plays uh, that were so significant. But Gardner, all in all, played pretty dang good, and there are a lot of other good weapons up there, uh, and, and they're looking at it. They're basically a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite right now with the idea that Jalen Hurts is not going to play. And one other reason why we've had this argument about whether you should rest your uh, your players or not, that I, I really hang on the on the gambling part of this, the scar tissue that I have had to deal with over and over and over. Because I remember a couple of games, it was maybe Jets, Bengals is one of them that just jumps out at me. Meaningless game, last game of the season. And they said, you know what? We're playing that team next week. Let's not show them anything. Let them walk in, beat our behinds, and then we'll go over there and we'll beat their behinds next week. Well, guess what? They got beat twice. And so it just, it's, it's, I don't have a good explanation for it other than it's just the flow, the gel, the, the evolution of a team, all that stuff. Doesn't have to make sense. One side can't 100% be right and the other one 100% be wrong. It's the way Coach Peterson's playing it. I don't know whether it's a smart idea or not. Is he going to get blamed if somebody gets hurt? Yeah, probably so. But that's just the way it's going to be. Well, and- will momentum be real in today's Tax Slayer Gator Bowl? The Fighting Irish coming into this one on a four-game win streak. Josie, of course, we noted South Carolina coming into this one on a two-game win streak, but a massive two-game win streak in that it was over two top ten opponents in Tennessee and Clemson. They have won three of their last five entering today's game. Again, the line moved while we were on the air. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a five-point favorite for today's game here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five, and I guess it's moved a little bit, so I was surprised by that. They probably know a little bit of something about guys that aren't going to be available uh, when it comes to the transfer portal, and those sometimes don't always come out uh, before. We've seen players that have been already gone from teams that have entered their portal, but nothing – is 100% official, that's for sure. Now, J.J., you've got to give us enough time to get out with Big John Henderson with uh, We're Not Going to Take It with our Big Hair uh, Heavy Metal Anthem on Friday and also wish everybody the best of New Year's Eve's tomorrow. Make sure everyone just, like, play hard, but play smart, okay? Play hard, play smart. Fair and Fair is offering the ride share service, so yeah. make sure you take advantage of that. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, just designate the driver. Look, you know, I love all my, my pours, okay? I talk about them all the time. But you always want a designated driver and make sure it's referred to commonly as amateur night tomorrow night. So be smart, have a plan, uh, and make sure you go out and, and, and just a- attack for a while. But everything in a little moderation would be okay. All right, do you have a winner Sunday uh, with starters playing in mind? Uh, so I'm in the MJD camp. I don't know if you saw the NFL.com team's picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJD has not picked the Jaguars once during this four-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Or three-game win streak. Yeah, wait. 
doing the math in my head. We're at yeah. three. Are we at three? Or uh, th we're at, we're at three. three. We're at three. Yeah. He has not picked them once during this three-game win streak, or as they've won four or five. Um, so uh, I'm I'm going the MJD train. I'm going to tell the, tell you the Texans are going to win um, mm. in hopes that the Jags do. Well, I, I like going bizarre, bizarro Joe in a lot of categories, and my betting sheet would prove that that whatever I say go opposite, and you're going to be a you're going to be a winner. I have guaranteed winners. Uh, that's for sure. But this one, this streak has to come to an end, and it's like I told you all, put a stake in Dracula's heart right now. Okay, that's what you got to you got to do. It's it's all about rebuilding what this team once was, and it ain't been that way in far too long. So this is just one more step. Uh, the old graveyard, the cemetery, however you want to describe it, go get something that was theirs and take it from them and make it yours. And so I, I, I see an offense that's going to be able to keep humming along, getting in the end zone, uh, and I think they win by more than four. I think that's the number right now. Uh, JJ, if there are starters or not starters, how do you see this game going? Uh, Jags, W. Yeah, yeah, a dub, a dub. And, and, and they will take it. They will happily take it. All right, we are out. We say thanks to Bud Light, the Southside Ale House. Make this one of your headquarters when you're watching all your ball. Uh, and keep it right here because you've got the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl coming up with Frank Frangie and Shane Matthews on the call. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy it. Joe C., MOB, me, O'Brien for Matty Hayes and Big Surge and JJ. All of you, we wish you the best of the New Year. Good enough. Gotta suck the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Whoa!